Well, hello there. I recently had the pleasure of talking to Charlotte Kemp Mule and Jack James, the brain trust behind the fabulous art rock glam band Uni and the Urchins. Their music combines a myriad of some of my favorite types of influences and creates a unique and powerful and attractive, original and distinctive sound. Not just that, but you gotta see their videos. I mean, you probably know them already, but watch their videos and they're just stunning. An entirely produced, executive produced, directed, set dressed, everything by the band. We get into that and a lot more in the forthcoming chat in a minute or two with Uni and the Urchins. But before we do, there's something very important to bring up. Patreon.com slash Craig and Friends. That's where you can go to get advanced, uncut, and commercial-free versions of these very episodes, plus bonus episodes with Ada and myself chatting, solo bonus episodes, and early access to movie club features, meaning you can ask questions, you can participate. You'll know what movies we're talking about before we do them. Possibly even before we know which ones we're doing. Head on over there now, and also another terrific way to support the show, the show you love, is to... Rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to it on. It helps in every way. And don't be shy about expressing your love. And now with that taken care of, let's get into my chat with Uni and the Urchins. Everything's a bit okay. in there. One Recording second. in the got Headphone it. Jack is what uh, Jack's mom named him after. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so, wait, say again? I wanted to... S- oh, oh sorry. Now say again. Oh, sorry. she's saying that headphone jack is what my mom named me after. <laughs> well, how appropriate, <laughs> given uh, you know your uh, illustrious career in not just uh, the <laughs> stereo realm, but on screen uh, stage as well, and screen, yes, during the video work. Well, yes, and I love that you said my illustrious career because that's <laughs> what I think of it too. Yeah, exceedingly illustrious. Yes. Yeah, that's how you should think of it, right? I'm with you, man. Yeah. Well, and, and my, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. And uh, of course, Charlotte, your illustrious modeling career <laughs> as well. Right. Yes. That, and, that's of, what I'm, I'm known for. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm talking about everything every, uh, everyone else does. And you're obviously the, uh, and, and obviously the music work, which I have an intro for you. But in my highly disorganized oh, okay. state in London, uh, well, well, we'll be leaving that in, though. Um, let's see. Where's my phone? <laughs> so at the moment, at the moment, we're at my part. I like your background. Did you jerry rig like a black canvas backdrop? Yeah, I did. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, I wanted to um, have kind of look like CD-ish, like vid- Videodrome kind of CD. Also, there's a Mike Nesmith. Video. I love Videodrome. Is yes. that one of the best movies of all time? Did you yes. see the new Cronenberg movie? I saw it on my birthday and Sean and I got into an argument over it because he thought it was pretentious and I thought it was just pretentious enough. <laughs> That's what I like about Cronenberg. <laughs> it's like just pretentious enough. I have not seen it yet and I really want to because I missed the theatrical Crimes in the run. future. It's it's excellent. There's some amazing visuals at least. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't wait to see that. I, I'm rarely disappointed by one of his films and I was talking the other day to someone about how Crash is still so disturbing that um, it's so good exactly so good, no it's incredible it's incredible and um someone 
what was it? It was that most incredible things are a little disturbing. Yeah, well, it seems like we all have a shared taste for the disturbing. I mean, I'm gleaning that from the videos and also some of the material in the songs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm disturbed right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I try to disturb Charlotte by just mentioning the modeling thing, and I think it worked. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but one of the things about that 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 I love though is that there's a lot of uh, acts that don't have any. Uh, recourse in terms of piloting their own ship but you seem to want to channel your commercial endeavors into your art and i think that unless i'm mistaken i don't know if that's the situation sure i mean listen we're we're piloting the ship out of necessity i would love for someone to like come (laughs) in and like magic wand us into this you know that'd be great but um, it is nice that we get to steer the ship for sure. And as far as the creative endeavor, I don't know if it's channeling those. It's just what we have in our on our toolkit. Yeah, um, well, yeah, we're we're totally willing uh, to sell out. Uh, willing and Faustian able. deal with corporate America. I just don't think corporate America wants us. Like, no. you know, our idea of pop is like still super weird. Like, we, I, I realize I'm pretty clueless. So Jack's a little more clued in than I. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think That's we could sell out. A whole lot, but yeah. Okay. Well, but we, not- we are like Robin Hood. We take my like old money from corporate America and channel it into art. Yeah, and I think that's great. And also, um, listen, I believe in uh, all of you. I think you can sell out. Listen, I'm with you. you Thank can do you. It. That is the nicest thing anyone's ever said. Thank you. You're very welcome. It's from me to you. Uh, there's so many influences. I know that uh, people like to say Bowie, and obviously we all like Bowie. How can you not like Bowie? But I hear like a bit of Jabriath in there as well. I was wondering. Uh, yeah. Gibraltar? Well, yeah, you know what? The Rock of Gibraltar, I hear the strength of the Rock of Gibraltar, but Jabriath. Oh, yeah. oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Love uh, you know, for a while, Billy Corgan was trying to like push us to sound more like Uriah Heep. He would just like in the middle of the night all the time just text me Uriah Heep, and I'd be like, "What? I really <laughs> I don't didn't know that. I, I don't get it. I don't understand that vision for us." But you know, maybe he was right. You know, it's funny. I, I noticed Uriah Heep fans are like really obsessed with Uriah Heep. Someone came over after a thing, and they were like, "I've got to play you side two. I can't remember what album you write. And it was very good, but I was like, okay, wow. Like they were keen on it. They okay. mentioned it three times during the night. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. They were on cocaine is, is why that happened. Oh, how did you guess? Were... <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have dipped my toe in once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I might have done some research in that field as well. That's know. true. Whenever someone really obsessively wants to like sit you down and force you to listen to an entire oh. album after a party, there's usually cocaine involved. That's very true. And you're like, yeah, I know. And then like playing really air true. drum solos. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm but, trying to be sweet. And I've done it before, too, for sure. Sure. But I'm always like, I know this song has really touched your life, but like it's four in the morning. I could give less of a shit. I have to shit. I need it. Yeah, right. Show me on the doll where he touched you. you. (laughs) Yes. If you had to pick a 4 a.m. song to uh, buttonhole someone with, what what would each of you pick? Oh, my God. Cosmic Dancer. I can't argue with that one. one. And what's great about that is not that many lyrics. So when you go listen (laughs) to the lyrics and then you're talking over them, there's just a couple of them. So the person can absorb it while 
hearing actually it's funny you mentioned this because i realized we have a problem where we don't write like music that can easily be in the background of stuff because no. it's like it's too like dense quarterly and lyrically to just have as a vibe in the background at a party and i realized the albums that blow up blow up because they're just like a vibe that can be in the background at a party and so people spin them a lot at parties like and i realized oh fuck we don't have any like party music that's just like kind of like drone or just like cool like vibe with a, a groove like that because mm -hmm. that doesn't demand too much of your frontal cortex to engage with yeah right there's zero chill like whatsoever it does not exist. yeah we we need some like some just chill background music oh in fact jack recently told me he was like oh charlotte i just discovered this new genre of music it's amazing and i was like what oh, yeah. and he was like it's called muzak muzak he's like it's so good i was like are you fucking kidding me right now but <laughs> it's so great and it's like a 60s department store and i have it on mm. in my house all the time because it's there's so much music, like I DJ as well, and it's so much that I just need like, yeah, just light and like, and like some, like, some, like, some flute like, stuff. Not even. In. Yeah. Uh huh, exactly. That's funny because I just don't even listen to music. Like, I cannot uh -huh. stand like noise anymore because I'm just constantly listening to it for work. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So do you, how uh, early did that start when you started? When did you start uh, making music, playing music? We'll start with Charlotte first and then Jack. Yeah, I was writing. So I think Jack, too, we were both like writing songs as tweens. Like uh, one of my favorite birthday presents was a little gu blue guitar from my dad. And I like when I was like 12, I would take that around and write songs in hotels, like when I was modeling. And, um, and yeah, somehow Craig. that segued into the, like a professional. I said the dirty word. And so, okay, that's Craig. it. I'm yeah, yeah. The dirty word in this biz. But, uh, but yeah, Jack, you've, you had some, um, teenage bands I, I recall oh my god yeah so just like it was a musical family so everyone played an instrument and everyone sang and we would sing together and I thought like everybody's family was like that it was really sweet and mm -hmm. then in high school I had a band where um we had one song and it was like this like almost screamo like heavy industrial band mixed with like a steel drum and all the lyrics I like whispered. And I would like, we have this music video that I hope no one finds, but I'm like walking around my friend's mom's pool and I'm like saying the dumbest, oh my God, it's really cringe. Oh God, you guys and were really cute. It was cute. Yeah, it was like I, steel drum, hardcore steel drums. I, I'd really yeah, like to I'm hear like, that. Steel drum in particular uh, adds something to a song. Uh, even yeah, better, right. even better synthesized uh, steel drum, like a preset on we an old. We didn't quite get there. Oh, you, so you had an actual steel drum? Yeah, this guy. Yeah, and the guy in your band you had a crush on, he had like one arm. Yeah, he was my first kiss too. Really? That's hot. That is hot. That's it funny. Hot. My best and friend growing up, Eden, her mom only had one leg, and I became obsessed with playing with her prosthetics. Like, I wanted to grow oh, yeah, up and cool. become like a prosthetic designer, like for prosthetic limbs, because I was so obsessed with Eden's mom's like stump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you kind of are doing that in a way. Yeah, we do a lot of prosthetics, like makeup prosthetics and stuff. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah, but, but the, vi there was the videos singing. Are... I... Mm -hmm. oh, Go ahead. Sorry. sorry. I, 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 there was always singing and always trying to make music. And then I just realized at one point I didn't have this, the skill set 
producing wise and my time clock I made up in my head was like didn't allow me to learn it in time so I was like I should join a band and then I want the band I want them to all be really good at doing stuff so I just show up and sing <laughs> that's not true he's like there in the trenches doing everything with us I heard no, another sure, interview you talking about writing together. Is. Yeah, uh, sorry, he's he's that. not a typical lead singer at all. Like he's not the the meme of a lead singer who doesn't carry anything. <laughs> or really. he's 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 amazing. He's there with me for everything. So he doesn't have the uh, oft touted lead singer disease. No, no actually, the, the diva in our band are the straight boys. <laughs> yeah. They're for the sure. really like, oh, do all the work for us. We don't want to lift anything. We don't want to break break a nail. Like oh, the straight yeah. boys. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like so my th- back. I'm like, I can't move my own Marshall. It's just, it's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very, oh, literally. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I wish I, I wish I was like that, but I, yeah. No. Well, okay. Well, you're dispelling some myths about that. And the other thing, which I won't mention, um, I could bleep that too, the earlier mention, and we'll just leave it mysterious. Your past is very mysterious. Uh, but you're um, growing up in uh, Austin, or rather, you grew up in Austin, correct, Jack? Yes, I did. Now, tell I us. I did grow up there, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the difference between Austin and the rest of Texas. Um, so it's stereotypically known as the blue dot in a red state, um, which is accurate, but you're, it's not the oasis one might think it is. It's, you're still in Texas, but, um, yeah, I mean, I love Texas though. I grew up, I love Texas and I grew up in Texas gives zero Austin with (laughs) like guys who were riding bikes and thongs and like, just when it was actually weird instead of the like capitalist weird it's like branding itself as now and it was truly a bunch of like rich libertarian hippies who like i mean it was fun it was a really fun place to grow up hmm. you, you love so, the wait is that code for orgies lots of orgies <laughs> i didn't say rich it. libertarian <laughs> hippies i didn't say it but but you know hey you want to infer it which i do uh that sounds like uh what it might be now, in, in terms of your experience with orgies, uh, Charlotte, um, <laughs> what town did you have yours in? That We'll just get to that and then, yeah. Um, yeah, my background was very wholesome. It was like military bases in Georgia. Mm-hmm. But I left home when I was 14. I've been living alone since I was 14, like raised by wolves in the big city. So <laughs> it, it went very quickly from like, wholesome like being into Shakespeare and homeschooled and learning wild bird calls with my dad in the forest and survival training went from that to immediately just like club promoters and getting molested and like trying to like make money as a 14 year old (laughs) well wait survival training do you mean like the survivalist stuff yeah like yeah we would go out into the woods with nothing but like tablets to purify creek water for a week or something and um but that kind of translated into surviving in new york city for me a little bit yeah well as soon as you said club promoters i was like well you had the right background yeah yeah (laughs) so you're both dj right uh i dj you dj jack djs (laughs) yeah and when uh and so you were writing songs as well charlotte from a very young age but in the in that setting as well or uh do you say i'm sorry i'm a little jumbled today you gotta f- please forgive me uh, oh no it's oh, i'm God. always jumbled 
yeah no we, uh, we both started writing songs when we were like tweens i think um yeah, for yeah. me it was like me and this girlfriend eden she and i were really into shakespeare and the renaissance festival we were like dorks we were not cool Every other kid in Atlanta was like into hip hop. So our way of rebellion was like, we're into Shakespeare. So um, we wrote all these folk songs that when I was like 18, Sean heard them and he was like, oh my God, these are so good. We should record them. And, and so we did that. And then we ended up starting our own record label and Sean and I had a band. And, and then I was like, you know what? I need to like kind of do my own thing. Cause everyone just thinks I'm your model girlfriend. So then I started Uni. I met David who was, I actually had originally hired to play guitar in my folk band with Eden. Mm-hmm. What was the name funny. of the folk band? Huh? Yeah. We, he also has a background in folk. Like when I met him, he would only write songs with like 17 verses and no chorus. Like, <laughs> Classic. He, Classic. He just yeah. wanted to be like Leonard Cohen or something. Right. Um, so he called himself a folk rapper. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Then we would get into arguments about like the rhyme, not rhyming. Cause I'm kind of fascist about like rhymes like and he would have these incredibly loose rhymes and he would like we get into fights to be like i'm just a, a folk rapper you, you don't get it and i'd be like okay <laughs> not eminem bro like eminem can find like four 47 words that rhyme with orange you know yeah. there's technically <laughs> no rhymes for that word right but technically yeah not. And, and my favorite uh answer given to rolling stone i think when uh michael stipe was asked what the new album is sounding like he said, it sounds like two oranges being nailed together. I was like, that's the greatest way to say fuck off that I've ever yeah. heard. Wow, that's that's that a very beautiful. specific image. And I like I imagine it because it's funny. Isn't that good? Yeah. yeah. I mean I imagine it sounded very like gushy. I would think so as well. And also at the speed at which you did put the nail through uh the orange and uh, which way you did it. Did you do it to the first one for you know, or do you cluster them together? Yeah, feasibly it options. could also be totally silent. So his album could just be a cover of John Cage's four thirty three. <laughs> right, exactly. If you do it uh, slow enough. Maybe variations on. So a complete a three a three vinyl box set. Variations yeah. on four thirty three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a cool guy. I went to um Michael Stipe, right? You were saying yeah. I went to a sex club with him in Berlin um and peaches they took us to this like underground sex dungeon and Mm -hmm. uh, it was really like dank and scary and there was like the sounds of like chains clanking and moaning and we all were in this group of people we did the like the choo-choo train like holding on to each other's shoulders and like (laughs) walking around the basement in the dark like terrified but like giggling that sounds (laughs) like a lot of fun i i know i was recently at my first uh, play party, not play party, but the- there was a playroom, torture garden. So with my partner, Ada. And so she uh, knew the ropes, if you will. And uh, but Come Berlin. On, we're, uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, Ada says hello. Oh, Ada is a huge fan of the food that you love that other people don't seem to like. Uni. Oh, oh, really? That's amazing. It's so hard to find people that actually like uni uh, and the food as well. Yeah, <laughs> because well, we uh, were arguing with this radio DJ at um, NPR the other day because he was like, "Oh, it's so gross! It's all like slimy and fishy," and I was like, oh, "That's what's so great about it." Yeah. yeah, I was trying to remember if I'd had it, and then when you mentioned because I listened to that, and you mentioned that it comes in the it's like a star or something. It's a it's yeah, in like, it's a, like spiky a spiky ball. ball. Yeah, yeah. So I know I've I've had it. I I liked it. I didn't have uh, strong feelings about it but when I mentioned. To Ada, I said, oh, the reason it's the double name, Uni and the Urchins, 
I, I told her about that. I said, well, they were kind of unsearchable. It's like when you go on eBay and search for like heart, you know, you better have like heart passion works in there or something. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. Part. You know about that. That's like the, the sort of like unromantic real reason we changed our name was we oh, were yeah. like totally unsearchable. Cause I guess like Japanese isn't like considered like a word on Spotify. They think it's a prefix. So it would be like yeah. universe, unicorn, like a unicycle would come come up before us like a million things and then as soon as we change it it comes up yeah it comes up right away yeah and then um and then and and ada was a very um over not overly enthusiastic extremely enthusiastic about she was like oh i fucking love that and i was like i will tell charlotte she'll be happy to have a uh a um (laughs) a a supporter in that regard yes that's Uh, awesome and Man, I'm fractured today. It's very, it's crazy. I'm on night feed you schedule. You don't seem fractured, Craig. Uh, you thank, seem very together. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So I will go don't with that. Don't you worry, baby. Uh, don't worry. We're, we're all you. fractured. Yeah, I think we're all yeah. barely holding it together. <laughs> you know, it's really true. That's really true. And uh, I think ever more so uh, after that thing no one wants to talk about that happened for the last two, three years. I think that there's yeah. like sort of a, a, a little bit of a crack at everyone's foundation and little things bubble up. That you're like, hey, that happened when I was 14, and I thought I got over it. Nope. It's right. Back. There she it's is. Back. She's yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of love the chaos, though. I, lo- I love, like, that we're basically living in a South Park episode ever since, like, 2020. Like, yeah. stuff keeps getting more and more surreal every day. Like, they're Especially just talking about aliens. Break... No, I'm sorry to cut you off. Taking a break from uh, U.S. news, because I've been in London uh, uh, and um, for the the birth of my son Peter. Hello, Peter. Oh, Thank congrats! You. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, uh, he was born on Halloween. Oh, Ooh, did you name him after Gabriel? So jealous. Gabriel's a really good one, and uh, but I uh, named him after, or we named him rather after my dad, my brother. Both my granddads were named Peter, and Pete Townsend. A massive Pete. Oh, that's good. That's good. But Gabriel definitely fits in there. there. Yeah, no, and especially now with the Gabriel. So I appreciate. Any other favorite Pete's between the two of you? Um, Do you know about that story when Pete like was doing the windmill and he stabbed the whammy bar through his finger, (laughs) through his hand, and he had to be rushed off by paramedics and like immediately Roger just started playing his solo material. He was like, (laughs) skip a beat. And Roger's solo material largely was written in the early days, anyway, by Leo Sayer, who. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And oh, if anyone wants to see a great video, look up. Maybe I'll put the the link in the episode bio. Look up Leo Sayer breaks out of Celebrity Big Brother house. You know the guy who sang. You I've seen this. Me? It's amazing, right? Yes, I've seen this. It's amazing. And, and the craziest and thing like, is, go ahead. Sorry. He's like what is super it? crotchety. He's super crotchety about it. He's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, he doesn't stop swearing. Like Leo Sayer, kind of soft rock, you think, and had his own sort of uh, children's show almost in uh, the mid 80s. Yes. There's, there's a gr- yes, there's a great duet with him and Gary Newman singing on Broadway when Gary Newman yes. is in full berserk. Oh my God, I love Gary Newman. Wait, who's this other guy? How have I not heard of him? Leo Sayer, I think you, you'll dig him. He's not something you'd. Well, he's, no, yeah. I didn't think so either, but I heard him on the Bob Lefsetz podcast and. He has this fascinating story because he was discovered by Adam Faith and then kind of ripped off by Adam Faith. I hate that song that he's known for, really. It's that song that goes, You make me feel like dancing. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not away. Exactly. You make me feel like dancing. Uh, but it's an undeniable hit. A- no, it's absolutely. A- it, 
yeah, it's a but bop. it's annoying, yeah. Exactly, but yeah. here's some other. I stuff hate that's any super happy creepy. music. Uh, really? <laughs> wow, any happy music? Okay, now does Lou Reed have any happy music? This is the question of the hour. Does Lou Reed have any happy music? Yeah, I want to yeah. know because I heard yeah, I heard I uh, in that discussion um, with uh, I can't remember the NPR guy. He brought up the AI thing, which we'll talk about, uh, of course. But, oh, yeah, but yeah. Lou Reed and Louis uh, and <laughs> Lou, imagine that Lou Reed and Louis Anderson combined in AI. That oh would yeah. Be- yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do that with us, Jack. Like merge ourselves. Like make a an avatar I was that's looking for something like that. And personality wise, an amalgam of us. And Lou- in the old days, that was just called AI. having a kid. Yeah, that, <laughs> right. Now we have AI be, to do it. That'd be really bad for the world. I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to unleash that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you know, you can always keep it contained. You know, if you if you look yeah, at it, that's true. And it's like that movie. It's alive. You go well. Just keep it in the house. <laughs> uh, what? Oh my it'll god! It'll Google's Bard. What's that? It'll compete with Google's Bard. <laughs> they all have these like competitor AIs coming out right now, like what Chat AI, GPT. What AI do you use, or did you use for the? Um, for the a really song? primitive neural network that just generated random words. Um, not a famous one. It was like it's called like these lyrics do not exist or something the website um but now they have like extremely sophisticated algorithms like uh the the one we were using there was no way it sounded like a human was writing it or like no. they had been hit by a car or something falling on their head like maybe <laughs> but now it, it more than passes the Turing test in fact it's like it's kind of scary because universities are are not knowing like if they'll be able to pass people because they won't know if chat gpt like wrote their at their essays or not oh wow i was wondering what the level of uh accuracy or um intrigue it was at because i noticed recently on the andy warhol diary series uh they did that uh, thing which is great for narration yeah, where, you know they the fed all his stuff thing. in yeah, yeah it right. wasn't deep fake but it was like they ai'd his voice and they did it with anthony bourdain too oh they did um it's pretty interesting yeah they did it with the beatles like peter jackson was using this like cutting edge technology to um take mono recordings of like outtakes of them Mm. just hanging out and in the studio and jamming and have ai be able to identify in these mono recordings um single tracks the the tambourine paul's voice john's voice the drums like the bass and separate them all and be able to make like stereo mixes like very advanced stuff I couldn't believe oh, and it. And the colorizing it... of that war film that they, they colorized yeah. and like. Underdone. Oh, right. I haven't seen it, but I, I read about it. But when I watched one of those making of things about Peter Jackson's uh, sound work with that, I was blown away because I was familiar with some of the, uh, the footage from the old uh, Let It Be film. But like when they had stuff like the there was, there's a recording in the film that was from a microphone hidden in a flower pot that for decades oh, they yeah. were like, well, we can't hear it. I thought that was it. kind of fucked. I thought that was fucked too, but I was like, "This is." I thought un- it was kind of fucked. I couldn't believe it. I also couldn't. Wait, believe- wait, wait! There was a kitten in a flower pot. That no, see, this is good. See, now there we're might playing- be somewhere else. But- there might be somewhere else, and now we're kind of playing exquisite corpse, which is fun. Yeah, <laughs> right. In, so in Get Back, there's a scene where there is a microphone in a flower pot, and John and Paul go off to like have a private conversation. They did not oh. know they're being recorded. Yeah. And if you're ever in a band watching the documentary is like the cringiest, most accurate thing ever. And they're like, obviously, like Beatles. And so that was also, like, by the way, edited to like be pretty tame. 
Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I can Im- yeah, I can imagine because uh, they're they're talking about what like how they're going to handle George and oops, we were really mean to him or yeah. like you know like whatever. And then yeah, but we should yeah. be all that stuff. So, but, but they that- were like for all the the shit they get about like you know the drama and whatever. They were like actually pretty lovely to each other. Like we've yeah. been way more nasty to each other. <laughs> like oh, horrible. What's I'm the- sure they were aware of when the cameras were rolling, though. They probably, like, reined it in. But, like, there is not one band in history, especially a successful band, like, that didn't end up hating each other. Like, look at Pink Floyd. Look at, uh, oh, like, all of, of them. Like, the Rolling Pink- Stones. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Pink Keith Floyd, do you see what happened? Do you see what happened recently? David Gilmore's oh, partner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Roger Waters' scandal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, if anyone out there thought maybe they'd reunite again. No, I don't think so. This, this, yeah, because yeah. David Gilmore's wife came for him. <laughs> and then David Gilmore um, retweeted and said, everything here is demonstrably true. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's such drama. It's really sad because I, I love those guys. I'm, like, obsessed with Floyd. And I think Roger Waters is so talented. I wish he would just keep his mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. I think he's married to a Palestinian, right? Is he? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, I think that's the context for a lot of his like criticism of Israel. He's, he's married to a Palestinian, so he probably hears that side of it, right? But probably. But yeah. I don't know. It's just like you don't want to get involved in any no, of that. It's no, just unfortunate. <laughs> we're, all we're talking about is uh, Pink Floyd. We we're not talking about anything to do with it, you know. And one thing back about the... Israel, go. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them all to get along. <laughs> Who's your favorite? I, I know they exist, and that's that's. All, I'll leave it at that. Uh, but... And I wish them the best. <laughs> but when you I, I remember like dance... oh, getting in trouble recently on like I don't know. I was like trying to like defend someone or whatever and like they they came at me but i was i was like bro no like i i love israel i love woody allen <laughs> i was like <laughs> i love woody allen and larry david <laughs> <laughs> i was like i don't i can't be kanye i i, I love woody allen <laughs> you know i, I said no. I, I said to someone the other day now I, I now have two therapists and and i see uh uh, every other month, a psychiatrist who de- deals with the bipolar medication. Uh, so uh, I said to someone, I said, I'm no reaching to brag. Craig. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said um, uh, state funded mostly. Uh, but I said um, I said something like, oh, I'm I'm reaching Woody, t- uh, Woody Allen tier therapist. And as I'm saying it, I was like, you can't use that joke anymore. OK, that one's in the bin. Yeah. Oh, man. I, guess I know. Not. I know. It's. So many eggshells. The times are changing. Eh? <laughs> Do you have any problematic favorites? Oh, only problematic. Favorites. <laughs> Unfortunately, of most of my heroes are canceled or dead. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You, you, oh, have you seen Tar? Uh, seen it. No. I loved it. Um, no, I've seen it. <laughs> seen it. That's my story. They ripped me up. Uh, well, I highly recommend seeing it. It deals with a lot of these subjects as well as. Uh, people getting too much power in various entertainment industries, etc. And it's really, really well made. I, I kind of flipped out over it. It was like two and a half Watch hours and I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to learn how to be just like her in the future. And that would help mm-hmm. you because you need some of the lead singer disease. Let that, let that just pour into you. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I got a... a there, we're saying... Oh, this, no, he can turn little... it on. 
He can turn it around if you give him a drink. I wouldn't even tell me that. There's like definitely a messiah complex within me. He <laughs> can turn it on when it's like when the cameras are rolling, where where it counts. Okay, true. Sure. I counts, mean, well, you, you you do you do certainly project a lot of uh, magic in the videos and everything. And yeah. I also want well, to commend you, uh, you uh, all on the like the breadth and depth of the videos because there's a lot of videos now because it's easy to make them where you know it's like yeah it's a video. But you guys make like really great little mini films that have their own little universe that also uh, they combine to make this total universe. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, w- I will say that we had even like vastly more epic plans for all of them. But right before last year, I um, unwisely invested all of my remaining cash in crypto and it, like I bought at the top, basically, and then like it just immediately crashed right afterwards. And I'm, I'm like, buy Stop. high, sell low. That's right. That's what they always say. <laughs> that's that's my motto in life, apparently. So, so I was like, kind of planning on like, oh, everyone was like, oh, it's going to the moon. It's going to 100k by the end of the year. So I like bought in at 64, and then it immediately dropped to like 18. Um, oh, but no. I was planning on making all of these videos with like my sweet gains or whatever <laughs> from the market. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're going to make so much money off of crypto. We're going to be able to do all these crazy ideas. Yeah. And then the opposite happened. And so Jack and I kind of had to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to sort of scrappily re-envision a bunch of things like in my living room essentially our rehearsal space um you would be really surprised if you saw the room that we actually like make most of these videos it's like a tiny little shithole um but we we made the most out of it but like definitely i would love one day to be given a proper budget like we're we're scheming doing a feature film with my friend rich ragsdale later this year so hopefully we can get funding for that and you'll see what we're really capable of. Well, I mean, a- and we're very lucky as well to have so many friends that are also amazing artists that come on and like, like we have like a, a, like a gorilla crew that comes in and like just stays all day and, and really helps. And Charlotte is, she hates compliments, but Charlotte is an amazing director. And it, I know she hates it, but listen, we, we have a great every little time small I've done gorilla auditions. Crew. Now I look up the director and I'm because I did this one. I won't even say it, but like she's really spoiled me directing lines because now I look things up of auditions. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that because there were like it just doesn't like stack up with the the uni direction. Basically, mm-hmm. I like uh, well, you when said, you're she working with like Jack, you don't need to say much. Oh, okay. like. Jack really just knows how to do it. <laughs> like you don't have to really say anything. It's, uh, um, but yeah. So, what was I gonna say? Well, I'm gonna you just pause you there for a second because it's it was hilarious because Jack said, but she doesn't like compliments at all on the direction. And then immediately Charlotte said, "We have a really good crew of people. They do a lot of stuff. They do all the stuff." Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. that's very. Hard. Well, you know, it's kind of like. Um, who are like those directors that have like a consistent family that they work with? Like we tend to work with the same makeup, the same hair mm-hmm. person. And like, you know, Jack and I are doing like 90% of the shit ourselves, but like the, the people that we do work with, it's like become a family. Cause we've been in the trenches yeah. so much, like a small little group, you know, like a lot of the videos we did with no crew and just us and Ari, like me, Jack mm-hmm. and Ari, yeah. 
it would be holding like a bolex and we would just be breaking into abandoned buildings and shit and like it was that was also really fun taping lights to ladders and like putting yeah. sunglasses over them as a as a gel filter Ooh, like that's a really good just uh, whatever idea. we could find yeah we just like, like red sunglasses as a gel filter because we didn't totally. have a gel. <laughs> um yeah we made a dolly out of oil once. It was pretty, like, just cooking oil, sliding the camera. Tr- no, truffle, truffle oil, was it? I know. It was a, it was a big scandal because, like... It was so was expensive, like, the truffle oil. Dolly. <laughs> so I, was, I told, like, the grip, like, go get some oil from the kitchen because, like, I, I thought we could just, like, slide it on yeah. the table. Oil would make it move slowly. And then, then he grabbed the most expensive oil from Sean's kitchen like, <laughs> and poured out an entire bottle of truffle oil on the fucking table. Yeah. And I was just like, no, and it smelled so bad. Yeah, yeah I, and I, I'm guessing that there was plentiful olive oil, any other oil. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, he was like, I meant that like, one. Yeah, grab some cheap like oil, some canola. The dude grabbed truffle oil and then like poured out the whole bottle and just reeked like all over the camera gear. I find for my stuff, uh, which is much uh, simpler, but the, a selfie stick, either for filming like live events and stuff, it's like the greatest invention ever. But I said backstage once, I said, oh, I got to find my selfie stick. And someone went, a selfie stick? And I was like, fuck, fuck off. You. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. However you get it done is how you get it done. And I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, I am really like, too embarrassed to take a selfie in public. Like whenever you see someone taking a selfie in public, it's kind of like catching someone masturbating or something. It's like awkward. Little, I don't know. Some people are really shameless about it. They'll just be like out at lunch, like taking selfies and posing. I just I find it too embarrassing. It's like something it, I do is awkward. like a little secret in my house. <laughs> yeah. And the house is perfect. Jack, how are you with that? Can you do a selfie in, in public or do you want to? Now I feel like I feel a little embarrassed too. If somebody else initiates it and like get it in, I'm like, okay, great. But I would never take like, I would, yeah, I would be a little embarrassed for sure. I've tried to challenge and myself to do it a little bit more. Embarrasses me, and that, that uh, <laughs> what else? What else embarrasses you? Uh, not a whole lot, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I if I am wearing something and it's not particularly complimentary to my shape, that would embarrass me. Um, if if I get excited and I have, a, I was born with a tail and if it wags, I get embarrassed because I don't want anyone to know I have a tail. <laughs> well, it's good. You didn't tell anyone about it in this chat. Fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Delete everything. Medical <laughs> deformity. Yeah. Delete well, everything. As Cronenberg fans, we're fans of that. So. Oh, a hundred percent. You're giving me ideas, Jack. Now I want to put like a prosthetic tail on you. We all, you had a tail. Did you have a tail for something? No, it was I the had, spine. Like, I had the vertebrae, like the the pointy vertebrae. It was vertebrae. the spine. Oh, oh, no, we did give you like a CGI alligator tail. Oh, yeah, I had a tail. It was CGI, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Dipping into the CGI. Uh, when CGI is used uh, discreetly, it's great. Like when you don't have huh? any idea. When CGI is used oh, discreetly, it's great. the only time we've ever used CGI, and it sort of fit the the video but normally yeah. we're pro like making everything real actually the the mantis cgi like the mantis arms on you was so good that everyone thought it was just like uh puppets like makeup. yeah my my mom was like how did you do that i was like what the fuck do you mean like they the, it was on a computer she's like oh i thought you did yeah. prosthetics i was like thanks but no that was but normally <laughs> we do everything 
real. I was so happy with those shots. I think those are some of yeah. my favorite shots we've done. Is I was pleased Manson. with that video. And that might, it's... Before you had to be like naked. You were like completely ass naked in front of the whole crew. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. And then and then we had to break and everyone had lunch and I'm like fully naked. So I'm like, well, I'm obviously going to wait to eat my like Taco Bell. Yeah, you like, didn't eat until, all day. Until after like we get this shot done because I was already like <laughs> like holding it all in and like i also had to like do my arms a certain way for this i was like fuck my fucking life i just like yeah we were like stop oh. twisting your arms i was like ah! i was like i think i got a little hangry are you uh fans of the michael mann film manhunter either of you i haven't, I seen, haven't seen it, it. oh i think you'd like it a lot uh it's have you first... seen mandy no, I have to see that. I'm I'm a little Maybe behind on newer films. That's why I was like, Tar, I saw a new movie. Oh, you would that. love that director, Panos Cosmatos. He does mm-hmm. like, he did like Beyond the Black Rainbow. That's another one that's on my list, and I gotta move it up the list. Oh, watching, I, I love him. I've been watching tons. He, he's of, actually uh, the reason why that I like started shooting on digital, like because it was the only time I it was the the Alexa, the camera, the Alexa that he uses, and it's the only time I've seen digital look like more or as beautiful as real film because normally we would shoot real film but uh mandy really sold me on the alexa and beyond the black yeah. rainbow just looks so good paired with vintage lenses okay i think the lenses are key with that right yeah but the sensors in the alexa are really special it's it's so creamy it's like one of the only digital cameras that have appreciated in value whereas mm. almost all digital cameras as soon as they come out like are worth half the price because oh, sure. the technology is always like making them obsolete but that's the one that actually increased in value because it's just so beautiful something i love is the filmic pro app uh for iphone because you can shoot oh yeah yeah i like yeah that. it's really good um th- when did you start what was the first time you used film that you actually shot film? Is she frozen? I think she froze. I, I'd like to oh. say paused in thought, but oh wait, there she is. There she is. Oh, uh, so I was. Curious. Oh yeah, you guys totally froze. I, I didn't hear anything you said. My internet connection is unstable, Uh-oh. like me. <laughs> That's perfect. We're all unstable, and uh, we're all on the internet. So uh, I was wondering when you first shot film, like yourself. Oh, um, uh, I've been making like short, uh, super eight and 16 millimeter films since I was like 19. My first one got into con actually, like, uh, which was kind of a fluke. It it was was kind of a fluke, but it was like screened next to like Argento and stuff for this, like this alcohol company sponsored like these minute long films by like Lynch and Argento. And then somehow I got to get in that mix. I I think I just weaseled my way into that somehow. Um, (laughs) And uh, we got flown out to Cannes and like it was it was kind of fun. But then I I realized, oh, Cannes is not as cool as it was in my mind. Like it's actually just like totally Euro trash. (laughs) we, We were like playing a gig there to like make it worth going all the way out and that was like back in my acoustic like accordion days and they were like blasting techno in this club and everyone was like raging to techno and then it was just like record scratch like screech to a halt and then i get up with this accordion and everyone's like looking at us like boo get off the stage it was like so awkward it was the worst gig ever so it sounds like it's a South Beach party, but it's just in Cannes. And then there's movies shown sometimes <laughs> to some people who might be interested. 
Yeah, it's very like nouveau riche plastic surgery, like techno vibes and con. I thought it was going to be this like epicenter of like cinematic culture or whatever. Mm. It definitely was no. not that. It's like a a, a who's who sightseeing thing. Oh yeah, very nouveau riche. It's Miami. It's very Miami. Okay, I loved uh, seeing old footage in the Canon Films documentary about how those guys would go to uh, Cannes and they would sell films based on posters. So they they just had like these ideas and they would just sell the foreign rights and that would fund the films. And they'd be all kinds of... It is, isn't it? Those guys had a lot of great ideas, a lot of bad movies. Oh, you mean before they made the movie? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So uh, Menachem Golan and uh, Yoram Globus, yeah, they would would, uh, fashion a poster and uh, with some star like um, either either Charles Bronson, who was their main guy, or like Steve... Before the star even agreed to it? Yeah, or I think so. A lot of times. That's genius. Wait, Jack, this is like like some of the schemes that you and I have been like plotting. Yeah. We've been plotting some schemes that we can't we can't exactly divulge to you, but that's very along those lines. In fact, I, I had a friend who escaped the Hasidic Jewish community in New York. Like he was like in a betrothed marriage, like arranged marriage, and all this stuff that he like got out of. And um, but before he left, he um conned all of them into he invited them all to like this abandoned like warehouse building that he had set up a bunch of his friends with tables and telephones and they were just calling each other from across the room to make it look like the phones were like off the hook ringing all the time i love that and um and he was like this is my wheelchair company it's very successful would you like to invest in it and the the elders of the community were like oh this seems really like happening so they threw like two million dollars at him and it didn't exist yet but then he had turned it into a very successful wheelchair company by doing that so it was like kind of fake it now he's like the tesla of wheelchairs that's i love scammers i love scammers so much. yeah but but he made good on it so it like wasn't really a scam it was just like for a moment (laughs) don't even make good on it like Okay. Um, I, I, like, that's just, too much as long as you don't scam yeah. me i'm fine but i'm no scammer. I, I, yeah well that's why we were like we're drawn to nfts like very early on we're like oh man we gotta get in on this before anyone I remember when NFTs. you called me and you went i gotta tell you something this was like before it was like common knowledge uh-huh. jack there, have you heard of something called an NFT? I was like, the National Football League? Um, no. <laughs> she was, it's a picture, but you can't touch it, but you own it. I was like, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like, but you own it. I was like, but then anyone can say, yes, but you would own it. I'm like. Yeah. So yeah, we, were, we um, wanted to like, turn our music videos into like the first video nft or whatever mm. and i remember like talking to this like one of the bigger companies in the beginning of that and like and i think we weren't like famous enough so they didn't like do it with us but they ended up stealing my idea with some other artists um but yeah we didn't end up doing it and then like i tried making a couple nfts like to like scam like rich crypto bros so we could like fund our videos that way and yeah. then like I, I I never sold one of them. I like because I couldn't even a- advertise them because like all of my fan base was like, "How could you make NFTs?" So I was just like, I just like gave up. Yeah. We on to the next scam. Oh, the new scam that we're trying is like selling foot fetish photos. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Okay, that's great. So is that where is that in, uh, in the progress spectrum? How far along is that? Well, I tried, and 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 everyone said, "Honey, you'd have to, you'd have to pay me to 
get those. To look at those pages. Yeah, well, I have some I used to want to be a flip model. What, what's I get so many like, DMs of people like asking to buy pictures of my feet, and I have like really like not. I have weird feet. They look like weird like alien rabbit feet. You like, have cool feet and cool fingers. But I wanted you to do it, and then your boyfriend got mad at us. Yeah, it was like a legit fight because he was like, "You can't sell photos of yourself for people to masturbate to." Like, no, I won't allow it. Yeah, I was like, "But it's so wholesome, actually. It's just like." pictures of feet like my face and my other body parts wouldn't have to be in it like it's like that's pretty wholesome in a way yeah it's very wholesome you know and it's just a celebration of the human body that's how we can think of right and i I can't really cronenberg with it thank you i love to spin things like that it's very fun Uh uh and it makes difficult situations a little bit easier as well. I should start a company, a PR company that says makes difficult situations a little bit easier. That is lovely. That's sort of the key to life, isn't it? You just got to spin it. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the core of the thing that people say about like looking for the, not the silver lining, uh, because that's, I find a bit of a dire one, but people say about reframing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I mean, that's the entire media, right? It is. You can make a joke out of something. Life gets a lot easier. It does. And I was oh thinking- yeah, what's that movie about World War II where you know he's like a comedian and he's able to make his kids laugh, but they're in a camp and it's like really tragic. But well, there's two of them. There's one that oh, no, is no. Uh, there's Go not to be it. released until I think like two years from now that Jerry Lewis made called "The Day the Clown Cried." That was like legendarily horrifically bad. Uh, Harry Shearer apparently saw it. it. I know. I cannot wait to see it. He- I love that movie. Incredible. Oh, yeah. And then there's Jacob the Liar, which is Robin Williams doing a kind of similar thing. But then his life oh, is beautiful. I, I'm thinking of like the beautiful life. Beautiful. No, what life am I is beautiful. Of? Life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Yeah. He's oh, like a comedian in, in dark times or something. Yeah. I, I just, it's like kind of a good. It's a relevant moral for now, I guess, because the world is going to hell in a handbasket and you have to find the humor in things. You do. And you also have to find the stuff that like you dig like bad movies. You just said you love bad movies. I love a terrible film. So I need to know. I love from, terrible uh, movies. Do you uh, like the the room? I do like the room. Uh, I resisted seeing it for a long time because people, there too many people said, "Oh, you like this kind of movie? You got to see the room." And I went, "No, I'm a little oppositional defiant with that kind of stuff." You're just contrarian like Same. that, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, now yeah. it's a whole thing, but I remember when I first saw it, like it was before they made like the spoof <clears> on it, and, like before it was like really a thing, and I just remember like screaming with laughter all night i was like visiting my dad or something and i kept so good awake all night i was like uh, in my like bunk bed like watching it scream howling and then the next morning i researched it and like there were all these theories that it was like a money laundering scheme because like there's no way it could be a real movie that it was used to like launder drug money or something like there was just funny conspiracies about it and i became kind of obsessed with tommy Wiseau, and it's very ed wood like obviously i did not <laughs> yeah, like they would never do more than one take, but like he had all this like money to make it weirdly, like, but it just went in the wrong places. Yeah, and my there favorite is, is uh, the mom who has cancer. She says she has cancer, and then they just never talk about it again. Just, yeah, that's just, the weirdest scene. She's like, Well, I went to the doctor, I definitely have cancer. And then I like definitely. they just never address it again. <laughs> it never, you know, and her it, delivery goes, is so strange. It's when she goes. It, I definitely have cancer. It's like, it's the definitely. <laughs> well, I definitely have cancer. It's almost like, um, well, we definitely, the, 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 the lease is definitely signed. Like they, it has that kind yeah. of 
delivery and then it's to like, it. Oh, hi, Mark. And then it just just never gets talked about it again. There's also strange <laughs> things like, uh, as I'm sure you already know, but there's extensive use of blue screen or green screen. In, yes, in, on the in, roof. Situ- yeah, for no reason. Uh, and for no reason, yeah. Yeah. And then also, uh, at least for a certain time, possibly the whole filming, he shot on film and on the most expensive digital setup. Yeah, he spent like a lot of money making that. That's what's so bizarre and sparked all the conspiracies. Like, it's (laughs) yeah, it's wild. He spent like a few million dollars on that, like piece of garbage the green screen's really funny because we like for simulator experimented with a, a green screen like my um oh, yeah. my bat shots and mm. i gotta say the green screen was like not the way to go because jack's praying mantis shots we did just against black and it looked so much better and then everything shot on a green screen just looks so 1980s like mm-hmm. junky there's a hue of green and i and, and i was bamboozled by that but, yeah like um, the cutout just doesn't it doesn't quite read to the eye well we're so right spoiled right. now with like james cameron level like cgi yeah, yeah no definitely i know when i was uh when the pandemic my started, mortal enemy james cameron oh wait <laughs> so tell me more of your thoughts on james cameron no i the terminator we saw avatar 2 at um on christmas and i, I definitely I like went it. in like wanting to hate it but uh, you know i i think anyone who's like actually tried make like filmmaking you develop a new appreciation just for like the accomplishment of having made anything even if it's kind yes. of shitty like, mm-hmm. even it's if like, it's the room and and they really did exactly. make some amazing visuals it's not my cup of tea it's very like cheesy obviously and mainstream and i think the script writing and dialogue is usually got awful with that mm-hmm. kind of stuff um but but just like the scale at which they made these visuals and innovated new technology is very impressive and all the new motion cap all, motion capture shoots come from james cameron like mm-hmm. all all of this technology that we're wanting to experiment yeah. with for live shows like um our other band member jack helfridge like his friend does a lot of like motion capture and live like puppetry of avatars on the screen behind you and we wanted to try that like for a live show we thought it would be cool and that all comes from cameron and Mm -hmm. and you know the government actually like um enlisted him to help figure out all the oil spills and stuff because he innovated so much aquatic technology for oh yeah oh for the abyss I remember that. In the abyss, yeah, yeah. They, like he innovated all this like aquatic technology that they used for those oil spills and wow. the military. I saw like some clip of that. I, I yeah, you're right. I remember that. Uh, speaking of James the movie, Cameron, man, is it the movie that you're considering making? I'm hoping that it's the uh, as to be maybe written or discussed Tommy like rock opera. Yeah. that you mentioned in that other interview did you did you know we wanted to do tommy or are you just like no we said it in like, another uh in yeah another, you, okay i was like wow work. you're psychic <laughs> yeah no, that, that, that would be our goal i think that's what we're gonna do the end of this year or like hopefully um that's what we're, we're planning on doing and and the definitive like modern rock opera that's like the tommy of our era and we're gonna try to coerce all of our friends to have a cameo that's yeah. Yeah. Be in it, Craig. I would love to be in it. I would absolutely love to be in that. I, I, I've we'll wanted be the acid queen. Oh, uh, please. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Be uh, Tina it... Turner's part. <laughs> At least uh, let me voice a, a, an animated character. If, uh, if, okay. if uh, yeah, but I'd love to be in that. Thank you. Um, right. Yeah. And... Job. <laughs> it, it could be God awful, but you know, that's even better. We, we, I'm I've hoping never it's done, a like, little awful. <laughs> Just a we, smidge we've, uh... awful. 
We've never done proper dialogue and, you know, like directing abstract visuals is one thing, but like doing proper scenes and dialogue is, I mean, we've kind of fucked around with that, like in a joking way, like when you were like Nancy Reagan and, and for our, our, our rockumentary, but like, yeah, I doing a future film is like kind of a, a big step. So it could be like a total like the room. It could end up like the room. But actually, I would be proud if it ended up like cult level bad. It's either got to be amazing or like so bad it's like famous for being yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, I never saw that Jane's Addiction movie, and I keep meaning to dig it out, find I it somewhere. It. Uh, I think it's called The Gift or Gift or something like that. Oh, I don't yuck. know. I'll report back. I'll send it to you if they I called find it, it The Gift. I think so. Yeah. Wait, uh, what? What is the gift there's, referring there's, to? Like, I'm not sure. Penises, I'm not sure. I'm sure. Is it, it like a, a venereal disease? I, I, probably. I swear to God, it's like their dicks or their music gift. No, the gift of like singing and their craft. No. Yeah. There's <laughs> so there's so many jokes that can be made. You can see, it's difficult to name something because you don't want any anyone to make a joke like a gift worth returning like yeah oh yeah oh, that's no. right you know what yeah. I, we're yeah. we're friends with those guys though and they're very nice and that band is very cool so i'm i'm not gonna shit on their title like i don't know what the gift is referring to I, no and i don't either i i have a feeling they're it's a cool like fucking band yeah no they're they're super cool and i remember when my brother came home with them, the but nothing if I met them, tape. I'd be like, "Why'd you call your movie the gift?" <laughs> Let me just double check right that that's now. what it's... it is to spare you that. And his, his uh, wife is his wife, his wife is, is so really hot, hot too. Oh, absolutely! Yes, oh she is goodness. very, very, She's very so hot. And I, I think and... I think they um they have fun. I think yeah. they they seem like they have fun. I heard them on Howard <laughs> Stern, and I was like, they have fun. They, I remember see I saw that they have uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've almost had some well. fun with them. Oh, that. <laughs> That would have been a lot of fun. That sounds like it would have been a lot of fun. So, so okay. So it's clear that so you're uh, open. You like to play around uh, in. Uh, no, no, no. No, no. Strike that from the record. Really I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, you were talking about like playing bocce ball and stuff like that. Can you see? I'm turning red. <laughs> she meant Chinese checkers. Oh, of course, of course, of course. I forgot. That's uh, you know. That's uh, I've been I've been in London. I forget what the American slang is lately. They, for... they spoiled your mind over there. Yeah, it's what it's what they do. The beef pies and all that's in the tea. I just I can't keep track of the Who thing. Well, because no you know, Ada. Good beef pie. <laughs> well, because Ada and I are non-monogamous and all that stuff. So whenever I hear a okay. taste of something, of course I misread it. You're talking about board games. I go, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny no yes. i i think um i'm kind of like that old jewish married couple from the princess bride when he's like she's not a witch she's my wife and they're like always <laughs> yeah like i think that the extent of our our kink at this point of our relationship is like watching cat videos mm. cat the famous dominatrix no uh yeah yeah <laughs> what about you we're, we're like honey look did you see this like other cute animal video like that's ah. like right now i'm sending life. these memes to ada that are like these cartoon characters that are like four panel drawings that say like just like sweet little things like oh uh this is nice this is nice this is nice everything is nice with you those kind of things like those oh that's sweet. so sweet oh that's really cute Jack, what's I, don't know, I pride situation? myself on being like the really dark meme lord of my friend group, so I've got a lot of like group <laughs> threads got going, with, like competitive meme sending. Um, you, you've got some good got memes, some good Jack, ones. but like I've got some other like 
more internet broy. Like you have some like disgusting memes you've sent me that are vile and i open i'll be with my family and like oh Charlotte, yeah okay. oh, oh no God. it's stuff i could never like post or show to the public but it's like really like dark or and foul i, just <laughs> I, I consider myself a connoisseur of internet pond scum mm-hmm. a connoisseur more like it <laughs> <laughs> pond sewer private comedy is what i like to call that i I will have to send you uh, private a, comedy. A, That's a, a good name. Is, See, Jane's Addiction should have named their movie private comedy. That's a great. You, name. you can use that if you want for the yeah, rock it's opera. Still available. I like private comedy. Private. Uh, let's see, Jane. But it's like a spin on like Private Benjamin or something, and it's like someone is in the army and they also <laughs> want to be a comedian. Private <laughs> that, comedy, it, and then they like tell jokes to like keep the troops in good morale, or it writes itself. It writes itself. It's, it's a combination of Life Is Beautiful, Private Benjamin, and Punchline, the Sally Field Tom Hanks movie. Yes, I love Punchline. And now, what, <laughs> so, what, this is a good pitch. It's a strong pitch. Thank you. I think we got something here. I think. Uh, what's uh, what are a few of your favorite terrible films besides The Room? Ooh, that's a great question. Oh. Jack? I love Mommy Dearest. Oh, that's Mommy so Dearest. I that's... love. I could quote the whole thing. It is so weird. It's like extremely terrifying. And it's not supposed to be funny, but it's hilarious. Mm. It's mm-hmm. also beautiful. No wire hangers. Yeah, I mean, not like just so many good ones. I'm not. That you definitely dude. don't relate I'm to the daughter in that. The dirt. Do you? Oh no, I'm 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 Joan in that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, yeah, when you clean the floor, you have to move the vase. Um, it's so Barbara, please. Uh, it's so. <laughs> oh yeah, the Barbara, please. That that has infiltrated Barbara, the drag please. world. For sure. I am not one of your fans, mother. And then she slaps her across the face. Two of my favorite scenes from that is when she's nearly chokes the daughter to death. And yes, then, that's Barbara, please. Oh, that's the Barbara, please. Right. And then the hatcheting yes. the uh, tree in the yard after the birthday oh, yeah, Hollywood party. royalty. And she's yeah. like, Tana. Oh, Tana. God, it's so good. And it's of course, so bad. It's so good. I think any like bad Nicolas Cage movie is also amazing. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you see the one he yeah. directed? Or like, fa- like, like Face Off is really like yes, so bad. It's good. And um, uh, you know what? One of my guilty pleasures that I rewatched recently was Trapped in the Closet. That R. Kelly. Oh film. yeah. I don't even know if that's like bad. I actually think it's kind of a masterpiece. I mean, I, I, you can't say you like him anymore. So I, I know he's like fully a monster, but Trapped in the Closet is, it's like Twin Peaks or something. It's so good. It, it's so highly bizarre. Yeah. I saw it once. I never saw the follow up chapters. Bizarre. Yeah. It's highly mm-hmm. bizarre. Have you, wait, now have you seen The Apple? <laughs> oh, uh, the musical from the 60s? Yes. What? Yeah. What? Oh, I know. It's the, yeah. the, the, the musical set in the long distant future of 1994. But it was oh filmed God, like in no, the I've 70s or the 60s, right? Se- like, yeah, late 70s. Yeah, late 70s. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Before they had like flying cars or something. I think Beck was I'm playing sure. that on his like tour bus when I first saw it. And uh-huh. it was just so camp. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's really amazing. Yeah. And there's yeah, like dance is- sequences on carpet. It's amazing. actually a good reference for our, our rock opera, Jack. It's like a terrible, campy rock opera. I haven't even heard of it. I'm going to check it out. I like that you said there's dance sequences on carpet. Yeah, it's like... they're in this, you know, and actually Velvet Goldmine, in my opinion, took a lot of the dystopian uh, looks or like referenced that in 
uh, in the Apple. I mean, from the well, I like yeah. Velvet Goldmine, so I'll have to check well, it out. Velvet Goldmine was just like it was a, like a pastiche of like referencing like Velvet, like, all sorts of things. Way. Like everything in it was a reference. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the I saw it years before I saw the Apple, and then when I saw the Apple, I went, "Oh, that's where he got the look for like the modern, not Bowie, but you know, but the popcorn hair yeah. uh, version of the guys who I can never remember his name." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the apple is great. It's 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 so bad. But didn't the, didn't the Velvet Goldmine director didn't he also do Superstar that like movie yes, using all like Karen Barbie Carpenter with Barbie about Dance. Karen Carpenter's like bulimia? Yes. Yeah. That movie yes. is really good and very original. Yes. Like that's that's Genius. like also kind of like bad good, I guess. No, it is brilliant, and I think there might finally be a legal release of that coming out soon. Oh, is it not? You can't like find it on streaming. You can sites? find it on YouTube, I think. You can find it, but for but years it was suppressed. Parts, yeah, and it has like Spanish uh, subtitles, but I think you can find it on YouTube. Oh, really? I watched it like a year. I had like a whole like Carpenter's moment like a year and a half ago, and I watched it. Um, Have you seen her like shredding drums? Yeah. Oh my god, Th- that drum solo is incredible. She was such a fucking great drummer. She's a beast. She was a good. She is one of my most favorite voices of all time. It's just so heartbreaking and like I know. like oh, the it, darkness to, behind the purity. Isn't a, this isn't a joke, but it's going to sound like one. But like the, the hunger in her voice, you can. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean that literally is like some sort of longing, but it's. And you mean it as a tribute. <laughs> But it's also, yeah, it's also, uh, yeah. It just sounds you mean really you really love but... the sound of when someone needs a sandwich? <laughs> there's so much longing and like desire, like starving. But that's why the next time when we record the Sparks cover, I'm not going to let you eat for like three days. No, because I'll be an asshole if I don't eat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you don't eat for three hours, you get hangry. Me I too. get hangry. Oh, I get that way as well. I have to uh, have like, it, well, here I've been having a beef pie when I wake up. It was like the, my, my regimen is immediately uh, the lamactyl beef pie and uh, then uh, the dexamphetamine and Xanax. So they're, they're good listeners. That's what's going on with me. <laughs> wow, it's breakfast delicious. of champions. Thank you very much. Mm. And a large cup of tea. And you yeah. say you don't have your shit together. <laughs> that's so, like you're living the dream. You're living the American dream in England. Thank you. That's right. That's the, yeah. That, <laughs> that sounds like a good like song title. Or like, yeah. No, I was <laughs> yeah. just thinking that. Yeah, because uh, in England would be in parentheses. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very Sparks <laughs> title, actually. Oh, it is. It really is. It's I, very I'm, Sparks. So you're fellow Sparks fanatics, I'm guessing. Now you covered uh, this town ain't big enough for both of us, which is no easy feat. Uh, so bravo and bravo on that one. And then did you say you were going to re-record? <laughs> it was a it? marathon learning that we learned it like two days before the show, and it's like such a like. If you fall off the rails of that, it's got all these like odd bars and stuff. It's like their songwriting is so like progressive. It's like a car going the wrong down the wrong side of the highway, a (laughs) hundred miles an hour with the windows down. You're like, everybody good? Like after it finished, it's like, okay, okay. Yeah, I think I lost the one at some point. Like because we played it so much faster than we rehearsed it, I was just like, oh my god, like much. And then like we start to do it, and I'm like. Uh, and it's so fast and it's like it's the best ab workout you're ever gonna get <laughs> and there's so many words too and, and something i really it's know, very I 
So we've done it twice live. And the first time I got all the words and I was like really proud of myself. And then the second time it was so much faster. And I just kept repeating the same um, verse over. And then I noticed I was doing it. So I tried to like changed how it sounded so the audience wouldn't know i like use like different so you're like toiger like, instead of tiger hide, yeah like to hide <laughs> the fact that i was repeating the same verse a few times but it's cool it kind of made you sound like schizo like in your vocal dynamics which was cool i really like that oh thanks guys it makes it your signature and then did you say you're going to be recording that cover or you're going to be recording another mm-hmm. spark song yeah i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about that i don't know we're, we're oh. doing something we're doing something I okay can't you're doing something making... at some point that's what we're gonna say that's the definitive yeah. statement on that you're gonna do something at some point things will happen yeah. okay. things are transpiring well i'm very excited about that i love sparks i finally uh well i know not finally we put the trans transpiring <laughs> <laughs> now that's a slogan if ever i heard one that's nice <laughs> have, have you gotten to see sparks Live? I've never seen um, Sparks live. Oh, okay. But I, I want to go. Like, They're going on tour, and I want to be on that tour. So I'm putting it out into the world right now. That I want to be on that tour. I think it'd be. A it's good the only match. tour we want to do this year for sure. Like, yeah, that for makes sure. sense. I got to see him uh, three times, and I was good. Oh my gr- god! Stop bragging! I'm so jealous. <laughs> First, I had to brag about my medication ritual, and then yeah. this. Yeah. So, yeah. Your therapy. Dude, I want to switch places you with it, you. Man. <laughs> you're having all the fun i know you're do we either beef pies every morning i mean i know it's like a, a total luxury right now uh <laughs> what what's your breakfast of choice like what what do you need what's your morning ritual to, like get into your day and we'll start with charlotte Ooh, well i actually really love breakfast and i love a big breakfast and uh when david and i used to hang out all the time and would be in the recording studio we would cook like massive breakfast and i was really into making like goat milk chai where i would like boil cinnamon and cardamom and cloves with goat milk and then like add chai and stuff and um and like eggs and avocado and toast and everything um but realistically like now i just don't do breakfast i have like one big meal a day and when i do eat i just like just like shove shit down my face because i'm so hungry but like i'll eat around like 5 7 p.m and I don't have time for breakfast, but that's not healthy, Jack. I mean, I was gonna say you don't really get into it because you're always awake. So it's like she catches <laughs> a few hours of sleep here and there, but the train is always moving. Mm-hmm. Now, and is that is that more uh, is that more common? But don't when- rule out breakfast at midnight. Like breakfast at midnight is slamming. Yeah, yeah it is. I prefer a breakfast for dinner because, as I said, I, I like a beef pie for the morning time. And uh, some Craig, <laughs> right? Hey, uh, Jack, what's what's your morning situation like? What what's uh, the I'm, best setup uh, for you? Oh, uh, just uh, what I eat in the morning of yeah. orphans, uh, and I orphans. have a orphans? Of, of orphans. children's tears to get it down my throat. Yeah, adrenochrome. Um, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, no, I have a queer little like morning ritual. I. I do my stretches and I like pray and I meditate and um, ice coffee. Don't really forget helpful. the ice coffee. Oh, ice coffee to help it all stay tight. That's the gay joke. You know, I know. Like, I was gonna say this is a queer regimen. Ice coffee. Check this out. I, I had to so- tell people this, Craig. They were like, "Is ice coffee gay?" I was like, "Ice coffee is hella gay." Oh yeah, 
It's the it's a staple of gayness. It's a queer ass thing. It, it is. And when I went to uh, DragCon recently, I was uh, showing up a little later than start time. And then I passed the Starbucks and I thought, oh, good, I'll get one uh, for me and I'll get something for Ada. And uh, I, I went to the door and it said, we are totally out of, and that was underlined. Underneath it, it said oat milk, rice milk, every milk substitute you could imagine. And I went, I've every never seen milk. this before. It, it's it's the queer event. They've sold it's out. because you were at DragCon and all the gays were like, give us all the ice. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Exactly. They didn't have like human breast milk. Sadly, no. They think they'd run out of that. Nice. Ada had some, but we had to keep it for our, our, our son. John says so. uh, human breast milk is like the best milk he's ever tasted. Really? Yeah. His friend like gave him some of hers. People, some people make uh, products with it, like cheese and things. Yeah. I, I tend to like not to have it. milk anymore so much. I do oat milk. It tastes so good, oat milk. It's the only like alternative milk that doesn't like coagulate when you pour it and shit. Oh, yeah. That's that's an unfortunate look when you look down and there's like a little cluster. I can't seem to do oat milk with tea. I've tried it, but I just go for the lacto-free milk. The thing is, over here, they don't know what iced tea is. They have a couple. Yeah. No. No, it's that's not that, a thing. When I not. lived there and I was from Texas, I was like, oh, some iced tea would be nice. Everyone was like, iced tea is the vegan trend like happening in england oh massively like in london bigger in england it is is. bigger because i know in la it's like really easy to be vegan. i think in england it's way bigger it is there's like like south england i would imagine but england's like known for like masochistically horrible food just like here's some dry beef wellington kid (laughs) or like sorry that was not a very good british accent (laughs) well that's okay you were saying it as, yeah, it was dead on. It was dead on. I, I, let's see the uh, what region was that? Uh, not Liverpool, yeah, but right. uh, Scunthorpe. Um, <laughs> Scunthorpe. <laughs> it's a classic Scunthorpean accent. The, the, the thing about the food here, uh, it's actually strange. Now it seems. Uh, I think at one point someone tapped someone else on the shoulder and said, "We've got to do something about this." They're right. It's really bad. Okay. Yeah, I think like recently they addressed all the the, the shit talking about England's food because I remember like touring there once and it just been really god awful and then the last time i went back i was like oh my god there's all these like michelin restaurants now like it's like there's good japanese and stuff like but that there's was like really a new good thing. japanese food and indian food oh, the you indian used food to is... want as a musician you wanted to blow up in france oh yeah you didn't want to like blow up in england because then you had to like tour there and eat the food it was yeah. so much better to, like for france ask why yeah that's that's true I mean, all the best bands come out of England for sure, but like touring is so much nicer in France. There's a couple of great kink songs on the Everybody's in Showbiz album, and they're like they're just about road food and how bad it is. What's that? That's pretty fun. That sounds like a Ween album. I love that album title. That's great. Everybody's in Showbiz. Isn't that good? That also sounds kind of Sparksy as well. Very it does, title. yeah. Now we see the, the world through the lens of the spark. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> like the Sparks album name. When I was watching, totally. or not watching, I was playing their stuff on Apple TV, and I've listened to them for ages, but I never realized how many lyrics are in their songs, and like they never yeah. seem to repeat. Even the sort of quote-unquote more simple ones, they just keep going on. I think my favorite one might be Tits. That might be my favorite tits one of that. Tits is good. It's really like good. So to the point, I, I love like- it. I like um, when I'm with you. I like music you can dance to. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that's such a great passive-aggressive response to their record label. <laughs> yeah, that was genius. They're like, oh, you want some dance music? Okay. 
By the way, yeah, they were they're doing that song again. They did it when I saw them last or last year. I love and, that song. Yeah, and I think that era they kind of skipped over for a while, but after the documentary, oh, really? they started. Yeah, they, they even played Wonder Girl. They talk about it a lot, like that specific era, a lot in the documentary. Yeah, I thought it was really. Uh, What's that, the song a about movie. heaven or like the? There's some song with heaven in the title. It's like um oh um, um oh number one song in heaven. Number one song in heaven. Number one song in heaven. Yes, it's so good. But they're like bizarrely that. prolific. So when when I first yes. knew about them before the documentary, the only song I knew of theirs was This Town. And like they were kind of like really unknown. And that was like and and if they were known, they were known as a one hit wonder with that song. Yeah. Unbeknownst to all of us, they have the most vast, extensive, impressive catalog and like and then when the documentary came out, of course, now we all know that they have like 10 million amazing records. But like, uh, it's just they, no wonder they were so like bitter, like about yeah. like being so underground for so long. They were like so prolific and so amazing. And when the when movie shows that my way, it's about that. I, yeah. That's incredible. And also when the movie kind of uh, shows you that they're the whole the guy or girl with the other one on synth thing, you're like, oh, yeah, wait, they did do that before everyone else yeah oh yeah Yeah. what you mean the all girl band no no like the just the two guys on stage with like uh backing tracks and someone uh, one of them on synthesizer kind of expressionless and then a singer who's very emotive so like before yaz before erasure there and before pet shop boys there was sparks doing the uh disco stuff yeah oh the Invented disco, right, right, right. They do like it's rumored that they invented new wave and like I a bunch of. I think they definitely were a big player in new wave for sure, yeah, and that I... they invented um Queen like before Queen that that whole sort yeah of, like... Pet Shop Boys and like all mm. yeah totally and of course discovered by Todd Rundgren. Uh, who are some yeah, of your... Todd oh, they also had that robot. Didn't they have that robot girl song like long before? Uh, or no, yeah. computer girl. Computer Something girl, like, like, like Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so. But yeah, yeah Todd, was... Todd Rundgren did produce their first, uh, their first album, and he gave him like a big running start. Good old yeah. Todd, eh? Yeah, good old Todd. He's the that's reason sad. why Bat, uh, Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf ever saw the light of day as well. He bankrolled it. <laughs> yeah, so he's given uh, the culture a lot of gifts. Uh, but... He's he's in Austinite now. He owns um, oh, wow. this club called. E- well, he bought into this club called Emos, which we played at um, before the pandemic. But growing up, it was like, yeah, we're going to Emos. And well, it was it, like cool. I, I remember hearing about that place. And I, I, I've, I've actually, I actually only been to Hobby, Texas. <laughs> I've never been able music. to get it's into it. It's just called Emos. Emos is the yeah. one stripe of uh, pop music, uh, if you want to call it that. That I've never, ever, ever been able to get uh, into. I'm glad you say that because it's coming back with a vengeance. And I see all of these like Gen Zers on TikTok, like dressing and singing emo. And I'm just like, why? Of all the things to bring back, like, yeah, pop. Why? Good, like, good Charlotte panic at the disco type stuff. Yeah. Like, really, to, the names are always too long and the songs are a little bit too screamy and not the right way I and think. i also think of them all as the same band like i mm-hmm. can't tell anyone apart like mm-hmm. doji yeah. this isn't even pop punk honestly but doji cat did a cover of celebrity skin by hole and courtney love which is not a it's like that's a pop song and everyone's like Doja Cat just released this pop punk anthem. Like, I can't believe it. And everyone's like, I have no idea who Hole is or anything. 
Well, there's a strange. Um... I thought her cover was great. I like the cover. The cover. I have a major but... crush on Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. I love an understandable Doja Cat. one. But there's a yes. strange thing too, where there's people who want to imagine that someone does something like a video album. They're like, it's the first video album ever made. Yeah, right. Not really. The early '80s was no. No with one's that. the first anything. It's all been. Yeah. What do what's your what are your thoughts about that? Uh, in terms of uh, the idea that well, we had the first vertical 16 millimeter music video we ever did made. Have that. Well, see there. That's that a, is a foul. Yeah. But no, you're right. There's like. <laughs> There's really no first. There's just zeitgeists. And, you know, like, I feel like the artists that actually are really successful are like the second or the third to do something because you never hear about the first person to do something. They're the ones that like inspire the bigger artists to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Just like we heard about what we were talking about with Sparks. Uh, What what are a few favorite artists? Now, Charlotte, uh, you said you don't listen to music. Is this something that started... Uh, pretty early after writing your own music or is it something that has crept up on you as you've been making oh no no i used to i used to listen to music all the time um but yeah i guess like one of my favorite all-time albums would be the first album by king crimson Mm. court of the crimson king um are you excited about the new king crimson documentary yes i am Uh, have you seen robert Fripp and his wife they're so cute Oh yeah, Toya. Yeah, them on social media is the cutest thing. Oh I think yeah, Toya's... you show me that. They're really cute. They're, They're adorable. so cute. They're like and it's so fun. Um, they do or something. Yeah, they do covers, and it's yeah. so fun to see yeah. Robert Fripp in I a love very. Her. I love her. She's He's really so... like hamming it up. I love it. And her looks throughout the years have been fantastic, and I love that yeah, in that beautiful. setting, Robert Fripp is like goofy and fun, whereas in King Crimson, yeah. he's absolutely not. There's just nothing yes. uh, uh, like a uh, uh, frivolous about him. <laughs> apparently, yeah. yeah, apparently the, the documentary takes a turn at a certain point. So I've been uh, advised by the director to see it in a theater. So uh, okay. Toby Amos, I believe, made it. So that's coming up very soon. Yes, I'm excited. I'm so, definitely going to see that. We we went and saw together the, the new Bowie documentary that came Bowie out. One, I mean, yeah. I'm woefully behind on that. We were like that. sobbing. Oh, we were I, sobbing. We were I mean, you know, all those kind of music documentaries are always a bit kind of cheesy, but like it's still just so great to see footage of people you love. Like there was actually some footage I had not seen before of Bowie in that, which was not his best look. It was like him pretending to be mentally handicapped in a bathtub. He was like naked and be like, ooh, like and I was no, just like, you're thinking of when he was in the Elephant Man on Broadway. Yeah, they like, showed footage from yeah. that in the documentary. Oh, and, okay. Like, it was pretty funny. Like I was like not expecting that. Well, if you'd like, I'll send you this interview he did with Tim Rice, actually, about being in the Elephant I love Man. Tim Rice. Yeah, and, and Tim Rice is interviewing him about that because he was going to actually tour Scary Monsters, uh, but then oh. did Elephant Man. Uh, and um, what was I going to say? Oh, that uh, film. That film is so good. The Lynch. Am I wrong in saying that Tim Rice did the music for Cabaret? Is that correct? Uh, no, it that's uh, Tim Rice did all the lyrics for all, most of the Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff. But you're thinking of, yes. um, I know who you're thinking of, and I can't, Candor and Ebb. Candor like and Jesus Ebb Christ did Superstar? No, no, it wasn't Candor and Ebb. I think it was. He did the lyrics on Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, but and... it wasn't Candor and or maybe it was. I know like Liza liked Candor and Ebb, but I don't know if the movie was. Maybe it was. I'm thinking of maybe I don't know. Listeners, write in. 
and we'll address it. You know, it'd yeah, be fun. Someone if, inform me, please. If the two of you uh, join me on a movie club sometime, that would be great. So I pick a movie. Like I just did one on video drone. Yeah, uh, I'm always talking about trying to do this like physically with my friends, like get a projector. Though. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah we'll do separate episodes. When, whenever yeah. we have free time, we have are going to be different than mine for sure. Yeah. I did listen to your movie one about Drop Dead Gorgeous. That was really funny. Oh, lovely. Thanks. Yeah. I love that movie. It's a fantastic movie. And there's a actually at New Beverly for anyone in LA. Uh, they're doing a double feature of two movies mentioned in that. Bring it on and get over it. Get over it. Amazing. But Wait, you Dr. mean like Gorgeous. those like nineties cheerleader movies? Yeah, yeah. New yeah. Beverly, a program by Tarantino because he owns it, is uh they're doing a double feature of that. They're doing a whole bunch oh, of Oh, have yeah. you seen But But I'm a Cheerleader? Yeah, oh great movie. Great that, movie. That's so great. And I didn't realize RuPaul plays the um yeah, conversion the conversion therapist <laughs> counselor, which is so because I was mean, like I was so young when I'm I saw it, I didn't even know who RuPaul is. But looking back, that's <laughs> but, like a hilarious touch. I love that. But I'm a cheerleader and Drop Joe Gorgeous are in a different league than Bring It On or something. Like the like yeah. Drop Joe Gorgeous is legitimately like a mare. I can. Like it's just so Oh, it's it's so brilliant and so dark. And uh, one wonders yeah. if it could get made now. I like when now. Denise Richards has the gun. They couldn't make it now. I like when Denise Richards has the gun and she goes, um, "It is inscribed on my gun. Jesus loves winners. That's why when I shoot, I shoot to kill." <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Like it's so fucking good. Amazing. And it's yeah. a little too accurate. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get in, we'll be in touch about movies because also if you wanted to record something at uh, in the next week or two weeks, because I I, uh, I did something I just did a show on Videodrome with Macy Rodman. So, but if you have uh, you clearly love Videodrome a lot, so if you have other thoughts, yeah. it'd be fun to incorporate them. Oh yeah, I'm obsessed. We mm-hmm. we we were um, referencing that film a lot in our music video for Needle. Oh, okay. The, the Elliot Smith cover we did, we yeah. like we had like the VHS tape and uh, like a lot of the body right. horror stuff. Well, and actually, you know, uh, the, some of the stuff you you talk about and play with, like the AI and everything, it's kind of the video drone thing. We were, you mentioned deep fakes before. We're really yeah. getting into that now. It's oh yeah, for a while. Yeah, that technology is getting so insane now. I'm gonna have to rewatch the needle video because uh, sometimes I'm too close to something and I don't see a reference to it. You know what I mean? Like video drum is so like. Oh uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just phase cancels out whenever you see yeah, something. Exactly. You know, yeah, because you, go, you oh, see that's it everywhere anyway. Yeah, exactly. But then I'll see a reference to something else. I'm like, oh, that's that's the, like for instance, uh, the velvet goldmine thing. You know, because I, I saw the apple and I immediately yeah. thought, oh, this. Yeah. But uh, okay, so other rock musicals that you like. Mm. how many are they're, there they're usually terrible like honestly yeah. like it's funny that we're doing one because I, I really do think like they're usually pretty terrible but they can be fun terrible so i think like that's gonna have to be what we aim for mm-hmm. um I mean, so, I mean tommy's Christ the, the best but yeah Jesus tommy Christ is the Superstar best. is good that's uh, really good actually the music in that is like really legit like there's the this one seven eight jam that opera, is, is good it's something that never got made into a full production, but it, I think it's on YouTube, the album anyway, called Flash Fearless and the Zorg Women. And it has uh, John Entwistle <laughs> involved and Alice Cooper does a number on it. So it's really oh, wow. it's, it's John Entwistle, he Cooper plays French horn. What's that? Sorry. Uh, 
John Endwhistle, he's actually like a classical French horn player. Yeah, he does all the horns on the Who albums. He was amazing. Yeah. Those, it, it, uh, phenomenal uh, talent. In does, there. does he arrange that musical you mentioned? You know, he might. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to do, uh, I have to go, uh, as I'd like to say, go to the tape, Bob, as they say on sports shows. I think, you know, this one's like very obvious, but I think The Wall is like actually mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so good. And um, the trial, that scene in the end that's animated, um, is just such a masterpiece of like like the orchestral arrangement and the animation is so psychedelic. And I just think like, that's such a peak right there. Like, like if we ever had a serious budget, I would just fucking love to go for like the wall. Yeah. That's one of my favorites too. I got to see it finally on the big screen last year and it was really incredible. And also they pr- played it properly loud, like f- fuck off loud. Yeah. It was oh, perfect. Good. Yeah. good, good. I was yeah. really late to see it because I was like kind of trying to avoid like eighties Floyd. I was really into like saucer full of secrets and Piper at the gates of dawn, like all the really early Sid stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a while to like embrace their later work, but Holy crap. It's so good too. I've tried with the final cut, but I can't quite get into that. And then I've also tried what the final cut, the one that they did after the wall, which is really kind of a Roger solo. Oh, I haven't even like gotten into that. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. I've tried, but I just, I can't really, I've also tried with Roger's pros and cons of hitchhiking. Uh, It's okay. But uh, (laughs) radio chaos, radio chaos. That's why I thought it was really funny when they like threatened to like, um, I think when Spotify was going to have like Joe Rogan come on Spotify or something, they threatened to take off all of their catalog from like 1985 onwards. And, who cares about and that? I was just like, I was like, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, no one cares. I saw, uh, quote unquote, <laughs> in quotes, Pink Floyd uh, sometime in the '90s or uh, whatever, without Roger Waters, and it, it was just weird. It was strange. They have yeah, this one I just 90s thought it was really funny. To... I really like called the Division Bell. I mm-hmm. think that's really good. It's like '90s Pink Floyd, but I like that album a lot. I'll have to check it out. Well, also Bob Ezrin's heavily involved. I was in that. also like a major stoner at the time when I was like, this is amazing. And it's like the whole first song is like 20 minutes of like, gong, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, and oh just incredible. And and to shift, I really, your... I, I, oh, I love animals. Animals is wild, and they uh, they played that in its entirety as we were sitting waiting to watch the wall, which I like because when you're sort of with like Adam Hart Mother. Oh uh, no! But j- they just played the Animals album straight through. I love Adam Hart Mother. I especially love that one is good too. Oh my god! Yeah, the small. What's the small? Several small species of animals uh, it, stuck in a cave playing with a pick. It, it's a song on Umaguma, and it's all sort of tape loops and strange yeah noises. i think they're like uh zoo sounds on the mellotron or something because there's like on the, the original mellotron with like the tape loops there's like one sample that actually sounds like zoo animals or something and so wow. I, think, I think they were using some of that oh we mentioned peter gabriel before i got to see this group called the musical box which do or uh very faithful recreations of genesis concerts and they did the lamb lies down on broadway and it was fantastic, but it made me think about all the problems that you would have when you would have a band that had a Mellotron back then, like the things too heavy. What what touring life? What's that like for? It's you, so you heavy all? and it it's breaks so all the time. Yeah, it breaks I think all the time. Yes, the band. Yes, yeah. are the only ones that like tour with a real Mellotron. Still, like we ha- we play with a Mellotron, but we use the digitized version that like we got from Marcus over at Mellotron 
shout out to Marcus. <laughs> um, but um, and the digital version of the Mellotron is quite good and reliable. But like yeah. the real one would be so pimp to play with. But you just know it's going to break like halfway through a song. It's gonna, and then everyone's going to be sore from carrying it. So I feel well, we to, used yeah. to tour with a real Hammond organ, which would, took that like was what five I was about to say. I was going to say I always feel bad for Hammond players. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, we it, was, it but took always, like four of us to put it on the thing. Like it was always just an eye roll. Oh no, we still have like back injuries from that Hammond. One so time that's we also were going another to thing. Play in Canada and the Canadian border, we like roll up to the. They're very strict at the border, and we all kind of like turn our heads to the guy who's like doing the come in or out. We all look like nuts, like out of context. <laughs> we just like. Hey. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, we're going to need to un- like, unload your... So we had to unload the whole van. There was no... like, We don't travel with drugs or anything. like Not to yeah. blow our cool street cred or anything. But <laughs> So um, we took it all out, put it all back in, went to the gig, took it all out, took it all back in. Like, horrible. It, it horrible. It's wild how strict they are at the Canadian border. So my, my folks are Canadian. And when I was a kid, we would go up there constantly because my dad is one of uh, the eldest of 12. They're so strict there. It's You know what they used to do? They wouldn't even really make you stop. You'd kind of you'd be stopped. You'd be parked, but you'd be in the car, the car running. And they'd lean over and they go, hi, how are you? And let me see your documents and whatever, your driver's license. Uh, and then usually it would be, okay, so uh, what are you here for? Visiting family? Well, great. They t- tap the top of the car. You have a great visit. Only once. Yeah, now, they were it's... Like, now it's crazy. Yeah, I went up with the, when I was going up with the band. They did the same thing. They all oh, musicians. As soon as they hear musicians, yeah, they pull you out, search for everything because they're like, we're gonna get a drug bust. Which at this oh point, no, I, I was busted at the border in my other band. We um we were opening for Beck, and they pulled us over and found just like some crushed up Adderall or something. Nothing like bad. Yeah. But they didn't know what it was because it was all like p- crushed, and sure. so um, they pulled Sean away at gunpoint, oh and God. like at, like with a gun, and yeah. like kicked him, threw him against the wall, like spread eagled, kicked his legs apart at gunpoint. I was like in tears because they were just like they were really like roughing him up, I and mean, he was like he's so good with authority. He just goes like fully like compliant, like yes, sir, I'm not resisting, sir, I'm not resisting, and they were still like being fucking dicks and then they took him to this back room for like four hours while i watched this other guy behind the counter like try to like analyze this powder and like flicking it and running under some shit for some tests or whatever and it just took fucking hours we missed the show beck had to end up opening up for himself like acoustically which i'm sure people loved (laughs) but and then and then i I was just like was convinced sean would be like a hot woman in prison and was just gonna (laughs) Get, get like gang banged, and so I was just like in tears. I was like, yeah. no, and then they realized it was like only Adderall, and it was like, and they finally let us go, but it was really scary. And they were really like, I don't know, it's Canada. Canada is just like they really like to gatekeep themselves to the rest of the world. Yeah, which is <laughs> I guess strange they know cause... how good they have it there. Because they know what? Oh, yeah, that's right. They know how good they have it there. It's strange, and that's all post nine eleven because one guy used yeah. Canada as the pass through to get into the states. Yeah, but like typically, it, there's no reason to be doing that. But then you give authority figures with guns 
the license to do that kind of stuff. And oh, I read yeah. uh, no, I did. Right, uh, Ada told me the other day. There's a new statistic that one in twenty homicides in the United States is by a police officer. Well, you give people with a C average a loaded gun, and and uh, yeah, I, I you know the school I yeah, went it's to. Not, it. It's not. It's kind of like. It's uh, yeah. It's not something we should it's go harder into. Harder to get your real no, license than it is. But it is. It is. Um, yeah, I've read some article about how one guy was not even able to apply to be a cop because his um his IQ was too high, and he like <laughs> oh, kind of no. whistleblower on all these like internal emails in the office of them being like, no, we can't hire people above a certain IQ or whatever. I mean, that's wow. not to say all cops are dumb. I'm sure some are lovely people, but like there's some lovely cops, but. Clearly, they're selecting for uh, a certain type a certain of type. person, and then yeah. like, and then not paying them very well. So there's not a lot of competition for the job, and mm-hmm. not not a lot of good quality. Like, I'm sure, like, there's lovely cops. Like, yeah, there really absolutely. are. It's a it's a really like it's a horrible job. I would never want to do that, and I think they're picking the wrong people to do it. If it were up to me, I would train them and like, I, w- I would like pay them so well and hire only like make it so competitive to try out to be a cop and then like train them in like the ways of Gandhi and like philosophy and martial arts and just make them be like super, super warrior slash philosophers that can make split second, like life and death decisions, like <laughs> from a place of enlightenment <laughs> and, and just like ha- have them be paid so well that everyone is like on their best fucking, but you know, we have kind of the opposite situation. So it's like, it's a really fucked Teachers also. Oh, yeah. That's also yeah. the most important too. job in America, well, and we don't the pay most them important job. And they get. I would go to bat to say that it is the most important job. Mm. If we put a down payment on education, I guarantee you, like for real educate, I guarantee you, in twenty years, there'd be significantly less violence mm. or war or whatever. Like, yeah. No, yeah. all over it. If they and also uh, over here, there's uh, the Tory government, which looks like cuddly in their uh, yeah. shittiness compared to the right wing in the states. Compared to the American neo right right wing, exactly. But they're still bastards, and they keep trying to screw the NHS, which is the greatest thing yeah. in the world. Uh, and it the takes NHS an American a while to get used to it. Yeah, it's incredible. But uh, you lived in England for a while, Jack, right? Yeah, I did. I lived in Liverpool for like three or four years. How was your health care there, Jack? It was great. I was also like 18 and like super healthy, so I didn't... Right. (laughs) But um, it was really great. My only complaint, there was very long lines. But Um, other than that... Very long queues. (laughs) Very long queues. (laughs) Actually, I remember like my first days there, I couldn't understand... Okay, so I was thinking, like, it's England. It's not that different than Mm -hmm. America. Like, it's a totally foreign when you're, like, really living there. I was like, oh. And so I was trying to be cool, like, one of my first days, and everyone kept calling a pound. They call it a quid. Right, right. I didn't know that. So I kept being like, oh, yeah. I mean, that bread is only, like, five quill. Because I was thinking, (laughs) like, Harry Potter, like, a quill. Oh, my God. And everyone went, what? I was like, yeah, like five, five. That's so, so Paris Hilton of you. I love it. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, he's so American. He's got a little quill. I was like, <laughs> I was touched You've by You've got the, like uh, their currency's feathers in England. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's what I, I pay for my groceries in feathers. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, the the uh, uh, it, I loved living there. I love England. I would live there again. Mm-hmm. And you're all in New York. And how long have each of you been in New York? I just visited England. In fact, it was my oh. friend's birthday out there. Do you know um, Amanda Fielding, who runs the Beckley Foundation that studies like LSD and consciousness? No, but I uh, would love to make acquaintances with them because They're it sounds like fabulous the research. She's mm-hmm. she's like an eccentric British countess who was friends with like um, Timothy Leary and Albert Hoffman and Terence McKenna, wow. and um, she runs one of the only like legal labs that is able to study uh, LSD on the human brain and is trying to put together um, like hospices and stuff like therapy centers for the elderly that employ psychedelics and stuff. Like it's, I, it's, she's doing God's work and um, yeah. they're very interesting, lovely people. And they live in this place called Stanway. That's like beautiful. I think they shoot like period piece films there. Well, I would love to get connected to that because I believe strongly in the, the psychedelic therapy and also pre proper yeah. diagnosis. Uh, ketamine was sort of the relief uh, valve for uh, what I later yes. discovered to be. Yeah. Manic or, 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 and or actually the Brits. Episodes. The Brits love ketamine. I, I remember the first time oh I God. ever heard about ketamine was like in a British nightclub. I was like, what the hell is this? And they're like, it makes everything two dimensional. <laughs> oh <my laughs> but God. it turns out that it's actually a therapeutic thing and it's being used now. I get ads on my Instagram for therapeutic ketamine, which I just think is so funny. Like now the world is like finally like it's into like microdosing and all this stuff is more accepted science. Okay. Yeah, microdosing more- and LSD, I, I, I can get so, so down with. I'm all for it. Ketamine is like, <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> and I remember first hearing about it in England too. And I had like some guy I was and he was like, mm. do you want some ketamine? I was like, what is that? But sure. He was like, what is that? Uh, he was like, it's like a horse tranquil- tranquilizer. I was like, a what? I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want that. Anytime I've been on it, and it's one, two, or three times, I like guess not that many, but I, I, I always vomit. I don't like oh it. no yeah it just i guess does not agree with some people because i've heard a maybe others. i'm not depressed and so it doesn't it doesn't work on me it doesn't work on you yeah you have to yeah, be depressed I, I don't have <laughs> like depression yeah. see, there, there i go bragging yeah. again um well lo- no i'm bragging now too lucky me but see um, there you go yeah. we're bragging on opposite sides no, of jack the, is uh, always a, a ray of sunshine he he doesn't need drugs he's, he's a happy enlightened bubble of beauty that he he brings to our lives we're we're always like dark curmudgeonly like larry david like griping about the world and he's like (laughs) so optimistic and it's it's a funny (laughs) funny dynamic that's a nice balance though but jack you said you weren't always this way so around what age uh uh, um would you say got off of one i think like 25 i mean i'm naturally inclined to be like optimist i i just am, am like that yeah, you've and, always like, been that way. When I was a kid, I my mom has a story where she goes, you'd wake up and like get out of bed and go, ah, another day to be me. And I was just <laughs> always like that. But wow. but of course, you like, you know, you get in your 18, 19, 20s and everything is so serious. And I went to like a art conservatory. So everything was really serious and like pretentious and like, ugh. and I think there was lots of like anger I, I had and still have. And, 
Um, it's sometimes it rears its ugly head after a, few, a drink or two. Um, but uh, um, I think it's gotten easier as I've gotten older. The more I realize that this is not real, like the more I sort of like come to terms with like, oh, and hallucinogenics help with that. I was like, oh, this is fake. Like this is a joke. Like this is like, oh my god, this is amazing. It's just a simulator, dare I say. It. Ah. <laughs> And you had the amazing grace to discover that. Um, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, okay, wait, I want to say something. That was a clean I segue. Have, thank I you very much. Think, yeah, What's that? Yeah. What did you say, Jack? So I broke, I, I tore my, I have stitches right here. And I tore my hand open like, like last week. And it's the first time I ever got recognized by was by the, the first time for real recognized by the x-ray guy. That's amazing. Because they're checking. The X-ray guy was like a big Udi scholar, apparently. Yes, yes, and and he I, kept cracking I, jokes I, with our song titles, right? Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. So I go in and start checking if any glass got in my hand. He goes, "Well, looks like there's no debris." <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you how did you feel about that at the moment? Were you were you anesthetized? Oh, it made my day. Are you kidding okay. me? My hand was like fully open, and I was like bleeding everywhere. I was like, "This is the best day of my life." Uh, <laughs> yeah. so I cute bragging about it to everyone i'm like i got recognized for the first time um yeah no it was great are you kidding me i benefited from the largesse of uh a listener who worked for virgin atlantic when i was flying home right before the shutdown in 2020 i was still ill i had a stomach thing that uh i didn't know what it was but anyway i was so freaked out by heathrow being absolutely uh desolate uh, when I got there that I and I, I just sailed through security in literally minutes that I left all my podcast gear in a case at security. Uh, oh, I, my God. I, no! I, was, I know. I know. And so I'm on the plane. I actually started crying. I went, oh, my God. And I asked the uh, staff, I said, pardon me, excuse me. And I explained my situation. Is is there anything? Is there any way to get it? And they said, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks. Also, the plane was only like half full. So then, and then uh, a gay gentleman, I believe, came up to me and said, uh, "What's your you name?" You know your podcast. And yeah, he goes, "What's your name?" And I go, "It's Craig." He goes, "Okay, we're just a sec." They had it driven yeah. to the plane. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, are you serious?" Yeah, wow. right. But Craig, I was excited to do, like when when she reached out to me to, and, or connected us. I listened to your podcast before. Uh-huh. Most of the time, we get yeah. things coming in like scoopity beep bop magazine i'm like what i've never fucking heard of that i was like friends. i was like oh my god like i've listened to this episode like i was very i I yeah wait are you friends with bishi yeah 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 i love her she is so badass she's so badass she's the best and she's like a ray of light as well you know and like a ray of light that you can discuss uh let's say not negative things but you know like the more complicated things in life you know what i mean like yeah. sometimes people are raised can of talk light. about the gray area instead That's, of everything being yeah exactly because there's some folks we know that are like almost toxic toxic positivity merchants you know where like they don't want to yeah. hear about something bad and that's difficult um Oh, no, it's she's, phony she's baloney. Very it's, smart. it's so it's oh, yeah. so phony. You can't just do that. Like, like you cannot have light without dark, darling. Like you can't. Yeah. Oh. Most of my favorite films, I, I've noticed too, they're about the moral ambiguity of basically everything. Uh, yeah. Tar's one, and and also films like To Live and Die in L.A. or yeah. uh, Manhunter. Yeah, I love that flick. 
Um, I actually thought maybe you were referring to that when you were talking about covering Sparks, the car chase scene. Oh. But um, uh, yeah, no, Bishy is the greatest. And Bishy just taped a movie club with me on Ken Russell's Crimes of Passion, which um, thro- I'm looking forward to putting out. Oh, my God, Ken Russell. Yes, you want to do a have Ken Russell movie? Have you seen Listomania? Yes, it's one of my favorites. Se- oh, my God, I love Listomania. Let's do the Listomania ma- uh, movie club. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, he has so many good ones. Did you see the the Oscar Wilde one he did, um, Salome? You know, I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. I, I discovered when prepping for this the is more low budget one. He does the whole thing like a play in one room, but it's like the, Salome's Last Dance. I, yeah, I there's, actually, there's a trans actor in it. Turns out Salome's a boy. Spoiler oh, amazing. alert. Well, that's okay. I don't mind. I can. <laughs> it, it'll still be a wild ride. Uh, I just it's received- so good. I just received a copy of uh, the of the Blu-ray of Lair of the White Worm because I had a download and I almost watched it like six times. And I'm just happy I never saw it just on VHS because his stuff, you need to really see it as glorious as possible. Although I first saw Litsomania on VHS, uh, it was unlike it was in some cult movie shelf. Nazi like, vampires. I mean, it's so camp. It's so great. And, oh, I have something to show you. Hold on one sec. I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't seen you in forever. I know. I haven't left this Weird. chair. I have. I have an abiding obsession with the actor who plays Wagner in it. And I- oh yeah, the Wagner character is so great. <laughs> oh, wow. oh my god, you you got <laughs> his autobiography? Move, move oh yeah, a little more in. Oh yeah, yeah. Paul Nicholas. A little more into the frame. What's oh yeah. The book called Behind, Behind the, the Smile. Behind the smile. And he's wow. also cousin Kevin in the I Tommy movie. Totally yeah. How great is the cover, right? And um, yeah. Tony Ada's dad was uh, helping her move something at the apartment, and I had all my Paul Nicholas stuff on the coffee table. So there was the book, like uh, one of his albums. The whole thing. He goes, "Well, it's a pretty comprehensive Paul Nicholas collection." Oh, and and like a movie he's in that's terrible called Invitation to the Wedding, and a TV. And they think series. you're just like obsessed with Paul Nicholas. <laughs> because well, i am <laughs> yeah that's so funny wait why why him why were you drawn to him out of the whole film so when i was a kid and i watched um tommy i also loved the bg's sergeant pepper movie i think it is a brilliant film that oh my uh, god did you see the bg's documentary that just it, came out how great is that i love that it's so much so good it, oh did i just go out of focus oh, you no. did yeah you're i little, did yeah you know what? It was, the, it was the Paul Nicholas. Wait, let's get the back cover. It, it was, yeah. It. That's my favorite Mitch Hedberg joke. Bigfoot is blurry. What if there's a large out of focus monster roaming the hillsides? <laughs> and that's extra terrifying. That's way more terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, there's a, another Woody Allen reference in Deconstructing Harry. One of the best gags in it is Rob Williams' character uh, literally goes out of focus because he's uh, in a sort of what he's in a scrambled state of mind. So his character goes out of focus. And it's. I love it, that. Me too. It's great. And and that movie also has Woody Allen playing like this pill addicted creep, which is pretty good. But uh, enough problematic favorites. Back to Paul Nicholas. And uh, I reached out to his management and they said, send send a letter over. So my aim is when I'm back in London to tape a chat with Paul Nicholas, who also yeah. he's the guy who discovered the suite. He signed the suite to their first deal oh, before. Really? Yeah, before. Really? Like, yeah, isn't that amazing? And he had dealings oh, that's with. Crazy. It is so. Oh yeah, I got obsessed with him because he was cousin Kevin in Tommy, and he's in the the Bee Gees movie. Oh, and cousin Kevin. Oh, cousin Kevin's the greatest, right? I mean, it obviously. Wait, bad, you know. I love that song too. We're on our own. 
cousin, all alone, cousin. I love that song. It's it's the greatest. Think of a game to play. You have to ask him all about working with Ken. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to ask him about it. There's a chunk in the book about it, um, but it's not as uh, as in-depth as I would like it to be. Actually, tell you what. So I'm going to reach out to him and then ideally I'll tape an episode with him, a general one, and then get him to join us on the Listomania movie club. Maybe we should have him play a cameo in our rock opera. Oh, you absolutely have to because he's still working like he is a a machine. He's constantly working. He absolutely would do it. And you have to have him sing something like that song in Listomania, which is insane. Yeah. Also, Rick Wakeman's role in it, which I wouldn't want to spoil for anyone who hasn't seen the film like when that part that happens you're like oh my god and you've already been doing that the whole time it's yeah it's great um and then uh there's other stuff about paul nicholas but i'll save that for another time um i'll tune in for your interview with him oh thank you very much i will alert you as soon as, soon as it happens uh let's see Sick. uh we've been going for a while and i'm having a lovely time I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything that you'd like to discuss that we haven't discussed yet um mycelium yeah mycelium <laughs> leather goods mycelium leather goods oh okay yeah well w- wait what <laughs> they're making oh, yeah. leather out of <laughs> mushrooms oh you're making are. mushroom leather yeah i'm not but someone is <laughs> someone on this call perhaps okay when did you get into no. that i i don't know um <laughs> no no one oh, Bacon come on. mole rats. We haven't discussed um, naked mole rats yet. Yeah, okay. no, I don't know. No, you're right. We haven't. We haven't. There's a couple of uh, topics I, I, here. That... I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Axolotls. happy about this interview because we always get asked the same questions all the time. So it's nice to like have a fun interview. And I was very thrilled Which is, to do the curtains match the drapes, Jack? It, What's what? that? Mine don't. But um, <laughs> no, mine, mine do not match at all. Um. But yeah, I, I discovered your show because I love the the Katya interview you did. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, it was fun working and, with Katya and Alaska and everything. I love all those gals. Wait, who's oh. Katya in Alaska? Are these drag queens? They're from uh, RuPaul. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, amazing. I knew Katya from Massachusetts, where I'm originally from, and then we start, started a podcast uh, actually five years ago next month, and then she departed, and then I just continued doing it. Uh, yeah, and I changed the name. A whimsically volatile. Yeah, exactly, whimsically volatile. And I just felt it was, you know, it's me. And so Craig and friends, I named it that also because it has a hint of has a hint of like a a kid show, but it's also like we talk about not uh, things that are not kids topics. So I kind of like that. And then I did the theme and very peewee of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, that means a lot to me. uh, Oh, wait. Let me read the intro. Because as you know, oh, Jack, yeah. I like the, to do an intro for that. Um, so we'll, doing it at the end also is a hallmark of a Craig and Friends episode. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the intro at the end, I like it. Should Thank I pretend you. it's the beginning? Yeah, sure. Th- that's what we should do, I think, because we're okay. all about okay. um, the off. fragmented uh, society, right? Dear listeners, on this episode, we get to explore the universe of a band exploring the inner and outer space, not to mention amazing grace of life in the middle class when you're a pop star supernova left in the waiting room while the simulator takes over. Of course, I can only be referring to the band so nice they named it twice, Uni and the Urchins. That was incredible. That was really good. (laughs) 
That was how, really good. Thank how you. the hell did I not come up with the band? We need you to be on stage before every show. Listen, say that when we were in the as same we town, I would love to do that. And I also can send you that uh, if you want to have ever play that as an intro. It's, yes, I mean, we'll just use that audio uh, and sample I'm, I'm it and like slow it down I'm and speed it up. I would love I'm that. I'm so upset that I never thought of the band so nice they named it twice. <laughs> ah. That's so good. Now, that's a very Jack James alliteration. That is like, so good. <laughs> oh, that is thank so, you. And I just I didn't think of it, and I'm so upset. Well, now you can that was, feel that free was to use it. Feel free to use it in in any Consider uh, that further. <laughs> well, this is good. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, do the intros. I'll be in the film. I like to be. I'm happy to be in You're the in Uni and the Urchins uh, universe. Now. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Very, yes. Well, um, I when do you guys know when you're going to be either in L.A. or London? I don't know what your tour schedule is like. So neither do we, but we'll yeah, let you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely. We need to make right an L.A. trip soon, though. I, like, I need it. We all need to go see some friends out there. Yeah. Do something. Uh, We've do got you ever some think, work out there. Do you ever think about moving to L.A.? Hit jobs. Always, oh yeah, some oh, some I hit jobs. Think- yeah. I don't think about moving to L.A., no. I'm always curious with New York folks if uh, L.A. is something that you think about. No, we're like the last bastion of New Yorkers because, like, uh, every other musician I know is, like, an expat. They've moved to L.A. They've done it. They've Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens. Like, <laughs> yeah, New York is dead, but, like, we're – it's our empire of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's kind of remember... like Grey Gardens. The music industry here is fully Grey Gardens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that because I you referenced that in the uh, sound check. I think it's called interview, but I was curious about that because I've had a couple of nice days in New York, but I was confused as to what was going on because I think we all share the deep love of the seventies, uh, not just mythos, but like the actual shit that yeah. was going on. Where you know, there's photos in like "Please Kill Me" of uh, the New York Dolls with the, like uh, with Sean Cassidy hanging out with them. Like that's yeah, yeah. what a scene. Yeah, Down by a... Cafe Wall, like everyone mm-hmm. was there. Yeah. Cafe Wall owned by David Lee Roth's dad. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, his really? Uncle Manny. Sorry, his Uncle Manny. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, that's cool. Hashtag no, I mean, everybody in New York now is just trying to, re- like, music wise, is just trying to recreate a, a, a mythos or like a fantasy of the 60s, Warhol 70s, factory early 80s. Mm. Yeah. And like people who are actually like working in music. Don't don't live here. <laughs> yeah, like our friend, our other bandmate Vlad, he's just like moving to Nashville because like oh, wow. everyone's done with New York. Yeah, Nashville was interesting. I, I visited and I I just kept hearing about all the different people that live there. Obviously, I knew about the Music Row folks and everything, but then like oh Tom Peterson from Cheap Trick and you know this guy, yeah. that guy, etc. I moved to Nashville before I moved to LA. Well, LA isn't. It's a funny thing about LA because I I was so resolute in my I don't know. uh, People seem fine here when I first moved there, you know. And then I think during the pandemic, maybe my attitude on it shifted. Yeah. And then now I I love London for its connectivity. Like you know, you go out with some folks and you can get around town really easily. You can zip around. You can go to. to Yeah, it's more like Manhattan in that way. Whereas in LA, it's so far flung that like you can only one thing per day like it's such a commitment to just drive across town to do anything yeah it is so people just end up living in their houses that's why people's houses are like their fetish in la everyone has like a house fetish it's because they've never fucking leave it 
Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, I bear, I, I, I tend to cloister up in the apartment quite a bit, uh, but I don't know if I love like open. little New York apartments. Like in LA, everyone's like, all they talk about is like, I just installed a new bay window. Like, <laughs> it's like I don't care. <laughs> all I want eventually is like a home theater setup. That you know, like so whatever house that would fit that's true that that's the cool thing about la houses is like a lot of the pimp ones i know have like their own home theater and that is so cool like that's all i need i just need that one room i could live in that one room yeah the rest of it could just be like there's the the clothes the bed of la what's that sorry the ghosts i like the folklore of la like i like like the stories and the murders and the like crazy like i i love all of that yeah, but, like, like the Black Dahlia and all the like the stories the, the, the are amazing. Lives. Like, there's so many like, yeah. But I, I don't know if I'd move. And also, I heard a really of- cool rumor that the Black Dahlia murder was actually done by Fluxist artists because it was oh, really? referencing um, specific surrealist works in the way that her body was like chopped up and arranged. It was very like. Hans Belmer meets um, that Peeping Tom thing by Marcel Duchamp. And um, if you look at the side-by-side photos, it is crazy. It does look like her body is arranged against the landscape exactly like these like famous like works of surrealism. Oh, wow. So some people think that it was actually done either by a copycat artist or someone in the Fluxus community, the surrealist community. This reminds me of something that I was thinking of before. You seem to really enjoy uh, a murky, mysterious, p- potentially conspiracy theory laden backstory to things. I do. Yeah. I, I do love conspiracies. I, I think I don't really believe any of them. I, I, I don't even know. If, I don't believe anything. I like barely believe I exist. Like, but the conspiracies <laughs> are so fun. I think my mom is actually like diagnosed like uh, John Nash kind of style where she'll like connect dots. So she's very, very high IQ, but she connects dots that aren't there and um sure. i think i do have a little like appreciation or tendency towards that um like where i enjoy string maps of history or or world events like adam mm-hmm. curtis is so good at it, like hypernormalization or any adam curtis doc is so good at like connecting world events you normally wouldn't have or cultural things that you wouldn't have like put two and two together um what about, but what it's, about- just, it's just fun yeah, no, it's lots of fun. Like I love the whole Andy Kaufman stuff, like about Andy lives and all that. Uh, those wormholes. You mean how he faked his death? Yeah, exactly. I love that whole uh, premise. Oh I, yeah, or like Elvis Presley is still alive, like kind of thing. The thing about the Elvis being still alive thing, I just don't believe it because he seemed to be basically helpless. Uh, yeah. For the you know, like, and he he was surrounded by a bunch of yes men. And I mean, if you're addicted to that many drugs at the same time, it's very difficult to leave lead a very um, uh, what's the word, a uh, discreet life. Oh, I yeah. fully believe he died on the toilet eating a fried peanut butter jelly mm-hmm. sandwich. I mean, that's yeah. the official story, and I I think that's the most plausible. Absolutely. But what a kind of like a power move to go out on, like taking a shit and eating a fried peanut butter banana sandwich. Yeah, eating on well, the toilet the is it, that's a whole thing. That's a whole like level of. That's a move. That's a lot. Well, you know the conspiracy around Sam Cooke's death, right? Wait, tell me, remind me, because I read something about it in Mojo, but a long time ago. So Sam Cooke, you know, he was like super wholesome crooner, um, beautiful black man, like singer guy who was like very successful. And um, 
he was killed in a very sordid way because you know all of his his hit songs were like don't know much about science yeah. books like, don't know much about the french i took like very wholesome very cute like 1950s yeah. he was killed pantsless with a boner running in a parking lot with nothing but a leather vest on chasing a prostitute oh my god shot by the motel owner with a shotgun yeah. in a parking lot like like horribly depraved situation and the conspiracy is that he wanted to get into singing um not these like wholesome pop songs but to start doing more like activist related material and that his voice was so powerful and he had such a following that the government wanted to assassinate him essentially wow so that he couldn't go on to start doing protest music um, and funnel his power to that. And so they framed him. Mm -hmm. But the official story is this like prostitute pulled a fast one on him and like stole his wallet and ran out the the motel. Right. And he was chasing her through the parking lot. And the motel owner saw this black man with no pants chasing a a white woman in a parking lot and just gunned him down or something like which is a strange so story, story. story. both can be true the prostitute could have been hired by the fbi right well she could have been like a cia psyop right like the May same West there's a similar one for for fela kuti which was like um you know there's a conspiracy that the government killed fela kuti because he was so powerful mm-hmm. he could have seceded and started his own country in africa like but like you know, the official story is he died of a venereal disease because he had like two hundred wives. But <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Why do they did. always make it like degrading? It's like any other. Well, well, there has to like, be. There has to be with that, right? Because it's uh, it's then it makes people like somehow automatically go, oh well, yeah. he was. Like, there's got to like, be a drug layer stuff. of opprobrium. Yeah, like there's you know these yeah. uh, things about. I mean, drugs. I think I think they're plausible. I think the government killed a lot of. Um, famous potential dissidents you know i think it's i think it's also plausible that the government spread the crack cocaine epidemic to bring down minority communities i completely i completely believe that down so they can buy it up that and also funneled the funds into the iran contra mess yeah it's always been really really um cute and fun the government they've always done good job charming yeah, little dainty <laughs> things like Gover- that government's always been great yeah i don't know why i've always just really <laughs> crushed it like just oh, 10 out of 10 no notes yeah just, yeah uh, just up until recently where there's been a couple problems but you know that'll yeah, smooth over i'm we'll sure we'll get through them yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be simple and easy uh and now now there's a, a file open on us i'm sure which is good <laughs> oh my oh, google right. history for sure the cia is just like I'm on their watch list. <laughs> just, just for the love of cats. Yeah, just what for the love of Uni alone. Yeah, there's too many uh, dark memes. You're on the the dark web getting those memes. I like Meme Lord. Oh, that's, that's a good uh, title. That's for sure. Meme Lord. Yeah. So uh, I'll have to introduce you as Meme Lord in the pre-introduction introduction. Uh, what else? Uh, is there anything? This it, time's flown by. So I want to thank you both very yeah, much. Yeah, it's been like two hours. That was so easy. That was great. Oh yeah. Feels like 15 minutes. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I I really look forward to it. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in there that'll get us canceled. So just be liberal with editing most of my talking out. That's it. I'll I'll try to make those the promo clips and then uh, (laughs) isolate something out of context, too. Oh, that's that's definitely the plan, because that's yeah, Yeah. that's what we want. We just want the attention. It doesn't matter how we get it. Right. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, all attention is good attention (laughs) exactly Uh, well listen it's been really lovely talking to both of you and i look forward to meeting you in person 
and um, your further output and uh, our movie clubs. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the movie club. I'm looking forward to having free time one day. To what? Sorry, my headphone fell off. You're looking forward to I'm looking forward to having free time. Yeah. To do something with movie clubs. You know, that brings me to a question I meant to ask before. So you you used to have a sort of breakfast thing. And I'm sure, like me, your hours rotate a bit. And and that's for both of you, Jack and and Charlotte, particularly when you're in the midst of a project. But do you find that uh, you get up and you're just so driven to, uh, you know, do an overdub or whatever, that that's what propels you forward? Yeah, I'm an obsessive workaholic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much all I do. Now, in in that obsessive, work- I have a, a petrifying like fear of death, and so the only thing that keeps me distracted from the impending reality of my own death is just working constantly on stuff. <laughs> now, do you have do you have an, a huge vault of stuff that is not necessarily unfinished, but are uh, maybe outside? Oh yeah, we we yeah. have yeah for sure so. For sure much Loads. stuff like it's like the the album was actually just like a random selection of our many 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 nearly finished things that we could put out like very soon i'm hoping to we have like a, a crazy amount of material actually like it's a little bit I would daunting like to do simulator the b-sides or and have mm. like 10 songs that didn't make it um and yeah just like have it be like you know not like a massive release they're just like chill like just because i want them out well, I think yeah. Yeah, that's a, a cool idea, especially for fans with just like more stuff. Yeah. Because um, a lot of bands don't have that sometimes. So it's nice that you do have that huge cache of stuff. But I imagine that it also sometimes brings about sort of uh, maybe neurotic patterns. Yeah. Uh, work habits? <laughs> Us? Yeah. Neurotic? Never. No, yeah. No, we're... no, I wouldn't know anything about that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're pretty neurotic. Are you also an insomniac? Yes, and my sleep schedule rotates. That's a, it, why it works well that I'm on night feed schedule with our son. Uh, but that shifts. How old is your son? He's three months and two weeks. Oh, he's in the hard phase of having a yeah. baby. Yeah, of, the not uh, rewarding phase. He's just a naked mole rat. Exactly, exactly. Who um, needs to be fed and poops, but he's smiling. He's smiling and he's waving. And and he loves music. Aww. I can tell that already. Relatable. Uh, the, the first song he fell asleep to when he was outside was um, "The Magnificent Seven by The Clash. Because I think oh, wow. during uh, during the pregnancy, uh, well, I was having, <laughs> I sort of had a bit of an episode that summer, and I the only thing I would listen to was Sandinista on a loop. So um, maybe he heard it through the womb. But he he does love music and the Beatles. And um, here comes the babies love the Beatles. They do, and here comes the yep. sun. I I, play, I started playing it for him to soothe them, so uh, and it would be. I was like, good. Now he's associated that. You got to start him young on the classics. That's yeah, definitely. So sweet, isn't that play sweet? Fa- and- when he's a little bit older, Fantasia. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. The other I- day, I watched Fantasia on Magic Mushroom Tea, and holy shit, it is so good. That movie really stands the test of time. And another classic. I can't believe they were playing like Stravinsky for kids like back in the day. No wonder everyone's dumb now. It's like yeah. well, I, I was thinking we, Ada and I talk about this a lot. Well, like for instance, so I did a a live movie club thing with Wang Chung for To Live a Die in LA because they did the score. And we we're watching it, and Ada hadn't seen it before. And I love to not tell people what happened. I hate spoilers for movies. So um there's the movie's very again it's moral ambiguity there's many layers i've seen it many times and there's still things i sort of uh glean from it every time i see it 
And we're talking about films uh, and Crimes of Passion, the Ken Russell movie, both films made roughly 40 years ago. And, and outside of Tar, you think, gee, there's a lot of stuff right now that's just not really... It Like, you know, like in the 70s, we had Taxi Driver and a lot of stuff. Also, a lot of shit, a lot of garbage movies. Uh, But there is this, I think, because of maybe the increase in the superhero films, there is not quite as much of that um, challenging of the audience. Well, that's because the most interesting art for any medium comes more uh, close to the invention of that format, right? So I I think we're past the heyday of film. We're past the heyday of music too frankly because every mathematical combination you can do with guitar and drums has been done since as well and even laptops that's all been done so like and and with cinema it was definitely in its heyday in the 60s and 70s and then there was a few new interesting things developed in the 90s and it's all just been um repetitious since then um Mm. because there's we we need to invent new formats and those formats have been invented some of them like i think video games are going to swiftly become high art and i think that's going to be where we see the real challenging innovation you're referring to which is no longer going to be in cinema we're just going to get more avatar three four kind of shit you know yeah but hopefully more stuff like tar makes it out and then or new cronenberg and i'm glad that there was a new cronenberg because i was watching a piece on youtube where even at the time of like dead ringers and things like that, very hard for him to get financing until he became. Like oh yeah. Ken profile. Russell actually came to us to like, he was a, well, I don't have any money, but he asked Sean to like help fund one of his films and then oh, right wow. before he died and yeah. he wanted him to like work on the soundtrack or something. I was like so stoked. And then he died and I was like, no, uh, I'm glad you got to meet Ken Russell though. That's great. Yeah, no, it was just emails, unfortunately. Uh, well, still correspondence. Uh, Ken Russell wrote about. Did you get to meet Ken Russell? No, I wish I did. I wish I did. I did not. But the, I guess the point of the story is that like he couldn't get funding. It was that really is. hard for yeah. him, a legend, to get funding. And the same with Werner Herzog. There was a time period when no one would fund a Herzog film. He was like just going around with like Oliver Twist in Hollywood, like please alms for the poor, like and th- these are like absolute legends, but they were just on everyone's shit lists. Yeah, yeah, and I think Friedkin had a span of that for a while until he then made those two very small films, Bug and Killer Joe, which are amazing and brutal. Uh, but yeah, Ken Russell, yeah, because his last known films that I haven't watched yet, uh, some of them were made on camcorders. Which is like what this guy's one of the greatest, most visionary guys ever. And every yeah, director would like say it's like Inland the same. Empire or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because exactly. I think we don't live in um we don't live in an, a culture where industries uh, take risks on experimental art anymore. I think no, that the last because they want to return. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the nineties was the last heyday for that. There's no. It's all Marvel movies now, basically. Yeah. And and weirdly, too, when people post or said like Tarantino said something in a podcast and then Martin Scorsese said what he said about Marvel films and people went fucking crazy on Twitter. And he said it's not cinema. And you know what? I'm like, even if I uh, didn't agree with that, um, I don't really have many feelings about it, but I get what he's saying. Right. Uh, I wouldn't get so hot and bothered. But uh, there's so many people. People are mad at Scorsese. Yeah, people got mad at Scorsese for saying that Marvel films are not cinema, and they got mad they're at Tarantino cinema. for saying that it's not a great era for film. Oh my because... god, Scorsese can say whatever the fuck he wants. What the fuck yeah. have they done with their lives? Like, who right. can't? Oh right. my god. No, like, exactly. Okay, first of all, there has always been a place for schlock in yeah. every uh, industry. There's always been 
cheesy films, cheesy theatrical productions, like, you know, that, I mean, they are legitimate movies. That's a a type of itch that people like to scratch when they go to the theater and see like a big box office silly thing. That's always been a thing like the Indiana Jones or whatever, but like, I totally get what he's saying. It's not like, it's not like real art or anything. I mean, but I, I just think the combinations for real art have been exhausted within that medium and the exciting new formats are going to be happening within like video games and virtual reality, like Mm -hmm. augmented. It'd be really cool to find a way to make our rock opera, like augmented reality or something like, I don't know how, but virtual reality. I think the VR folks, I mean, there might be whoever the company is that worked on Ridley Scott's, uh the martian i think i try, if i can remember the guy's name they seem to be a company that is very well funded and very interested in looking at new and different ways to explore getting vr into the marketplace so who knows uh but also you mentioned the the mushroom tea and uh i read in some interview uh with you you all about psychedelics so uh would would you rate your psychedelic consumption um, as fairly frequent, moderately frequent. I feel like I'm giving you the introductory paperwork at a uh, um, an assessment, but at the clinic, right, right, yes. yeah, yeah, at, at like an AA clinic. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. What are the levels? Oh, just uh, how would you uh, like? How often do you like to take psychedelics? I think like once a month or so, mm-hmm. or two times a month, just like little mushrooms. Yeah. That's good. That's that's good for you. I agree. Honestly, I I think they're great. I don't feel out of control or like I don't ever feel like like I'm gonna do something insane. Like it it just feels like so good and funny Mm -hmm. and like oh my god, my cheeks always hurt from laughing. I love them. Yeah. The laughing fits induced from LSD or I just am like every greatest thing ever. Funny. And it happens like, when you think you're like mind melding with someone and they're in on the joke too. Yeah. And like, and sometimes the, the joke becomes so abstract. It's just some like, like yeah. joke you're both hallucinating at the same time or something. But then like the, the giggle puddles from that are just like incredible. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I did so many psychedelics in my teens and twenties. I, I just don't do drugs anymore. And it's yeah. like, you know, I wish I was, cooler i could say yeah and then i'm like rolling right now but like i i'm like i do a lot right of caffeine. now right now i, I do my interviews I, rolling caffeine <laughs> and adderall are I'm all i do and it, it's just yeah. to stay awake longer so i can work more that's like all i do it's well that's very warhol of you you know his pills the obitrol pills you know what those became they took out the methamphetamine and adderall was invented Oh yeah. Oh, so that's he was doing just like productivity pills. Yes, exactly. Because Obitrol was a a product designed to uh, control weight, and uh, it had four different amphetamine salts in it. So they took out the methamphetamine. Oh yeah, and he was very insecure about his like everything. Like he was just very yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he got very thin for a while. Um, Well, I guess on that note, talking about Warhol's body consciousness and uh, all that. Uh, we'll close out this episode, but I very much look forward to uh, another chat because now I, I'm curious. But wait, hold on. Sorry, I've clo- I've I've ended the show four times now. But uh, your teens and twenties and your drug use was anything uh, concurrent with that? Like, was there something going on that you were escaping from, or was it just party time? I was raging pretty hard. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, like. <laughs> It was kind of like um, in between like 
modeling and my band stuff with Sean, it was just like nonstop, like parties and orgies and traveling and like crazy shit. Yeah, no, that like, makes we sense. did like, uh, like, uh, like shit with like scuba diving with like manta rays. I was on like acid for that. Like, that's amazing. Just like in British castles, just like like it was just it was really fun. It was really amazing. But then it, it, for me, it started to get unsavory when I started becoming paranoid that I would end up like my mother, like permanently seeing the world through a psychedelic lens sure <laughs> or like you know the sid barrett phenomenon essentially yes. yeah no one so, wants no one wants ends up crushed up mandrax and brill cream in their hair it, yes exactly like exactly oh god those photos of him like shopping when he was oh like, i know so, i know he gained so much weight from the antipsychotics and like was bald and just unrecognizable he was like the most beautiful man in the world and yeah it was very sad um but so I, my trip started getting kind of dark and I started getting really paranoid and thinking everyone was trying to kill me or I was going to be permanently stuck that way. Um, so I just stopped and yeah, I don't, I don't do it anymore, but I've had such good times on it. Like all the giggle attacks and things that like Jack is talking about, like running around naked in in the forest with Sarah Beth and like, um, yeah, that I don't need to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, not that if makes I have sense. anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Next band meeting, there's going to be a whole discussion, right. and uh, I, um, yeah, I guess that's. It. See, I keep thinking of more things, but, but like, what's a? How often does the band uh, chat about stuff? Like, what are the band meetings like? Like, what? It seems like they're very fun mm-hmm. and convivial because the rapport between the <laughs> two of you, I'm guessing, is uh, representative <laughs> of the rapport of the well, rest yeah. of the group. It's pretty much yeah. just us anyway. Like it's it's sort of ongoing, just like always texting each other and and lots of lists. And there's never like we're sometimes we'll have like a meeting, but typically it's just like hey, my friend, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, <laughs> we communicate through long. memes. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Exactly. The band we're that just communicates through each memes. other memes and references all day. Um, yeah. uh, I mean. As far as the whole band, it's, it's all the creative stuff is just us. So it's, yeah, it's it's, it's just me and Jack at this point. Yeah. Just like making each other laugh. <laughs> well, I kind of had that. Yeah. I kind of had that sense about um, sort of who, because you know the credits. It's like you know uh, directed yeah, yeah. by, executive produced by, all that. And then you know when you're used to reading the the liner notes and stuff, you go okay. But I didn't want to assume, so I figured. Uh, involve everyone in in that um the monkeys are running the circus (laughs) well that's good though uh that's really great and um there was one other thing about that oh how long have you two known each other four years been five Five years years. five years because i I would not have been able to guess that because it it seems like your well your rapport is so strong and the friendship Mm. seems so um thorough (laughs) and um We've we've got been through a lot together in five years, yeah. so it's, it's kind we, of it's we, more like twenty years of a normal friendship. Yeah, and we since seldom, five years of working, we, we seldom get into like tips. I don't think we ever really have been in like we we generally group together very very well. We're no, we've actually we've never had a fight in five years, no, and the only times we've even really. been slightly passive aggressive to each other were really funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're always. I mean, well, that's kind of. It was like you said to you said to typo. You misspelled something, and I like. Oh, I was so mad at you. And I corrected <laughs> your spelling, all like saucy, I was like. I was like and I like. And you got really upset, and then like. No, I, I did. And, and then, and then there was another time that he was like, maybe I should direct the next video, oh, and I was like, you were horrible. And I just got really like passive aggressive, but those are like the only times that like. But it wasn't even that bad. It wasn't like, a never fight. Really... Yeah, which which is a miracle because like coming. No. <laughs> yeah no but like usually when you work with people that intensely it's like very difficult like david and i would fight all the time mm-hmm. but um I, but with jack jack laugh, is just, honestly even the jack is so funny and diplomatic and it's like yeah. impossible to ever be mad at him because he's just so sweet and like so hardworking. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely buckle. If if I'm really mad at something and someone confronts you, I'm like, well, I didn't really mean that. Like, I'll like buckle really fast because <laughs> if it, I get over things so quick. Like, if I'm upset about something, I'll get I'll get over it in an hour. But you're also like, like the jester from King Lear. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, like acts sure. like the fool but is secretly the wise man. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it seems seems like someone's acceding uh, control, but really, they're Manip- not manipulating, but they're guiding things in the right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I give a little nudge. The soft sure. alpha. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I'm like, I'm leading the horse to water. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes well, that water is poisoned. But uh, yeah. Well, that's good. It's we need to do a lot of purpose. that kind of soft manipulation with the straight boys. <laughs> oh, for sure. You gotta just like blow smoke up their ass oh my god oh yeah you look so good in that shirt amazing yeah (laughs) now they're gonna know our secret so Um, do you you both identify as queer or huh do you both identify say as queer or do you identify as anything specifically i identify as nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think jack is what is known as a golden gay which is he's never touched a vagina not even being born Oh wow! I was platinum because I was a cesarean, so I yeah. I, plat- I, he's a platinum gay because he was cesarean and has still never touched one. He's seen no, mine I, plenty of times. I I I obviously I, I I identify as with that like culture and and obviously my sexual like my partner now is a man, so my orientation is definitely to men. But um, I just sort of hit, like roll my eyes at the idea of identity at all. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm just like no boring. Like one, you can be everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel uh, the same way. Like all flesh is drag, and like yeah. this this happens to be my drag suit, so I'm rolling with it. But mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah, I'm I guess rolling we, with it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we obviously like really like worship queer culture and aesthetics, mm. and you know, like Klaus Nomi and all of that. Like yeah. Oscar the Wilde, stuff that Bowie so heavily derived from album. was all like, yeah, yeah, and sure. Oscar Wilde. Th- yeah. That's gonna be your um your 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 country album, right? Oscar Wilde yeah, West. Oscar Wilde. <laughs> uh, Oscar Wilde, Wilde, Wilde Blast or something like that. Well, I can, yeah. the outfits will be great for that. And I guess in oh, closing, oh, yeah. uh, Charlotte, since you're such a Shakespeare fan, uh, what's your favorite Shakespeare piece? Ooh, that's a good question. Um. I want to be I love- question too. Oh, I'm sorry, oh. Jack. I didn't mean to exclude you. I didn't know if yeah. you uh, were a fan. So I would like from both of yeah. you. And uh, please forgive me, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Forgive me. What's yours? <laughs> Mine is really basic. Well, that's good, though. What is it? My. It's Wait. not a deep cut, but I. Hamlet? I, 
As you yeah, like it? Hamlet, yeah. Hamlet, Hamlet yeah. Hamlet. yeah. Listen, I Hamlet's- can just tell by the aesthetic of the paintings behind you that you're a Hamlet. Oh, yeah. kind of guy. <laughs> but Hamlet's- I mean, as you like Listen- it, it's amazing. I I love as you like it for sure. Hamlet's I actually good. really love his I comedies. Like, his like I think he- are great. As you like, it's amazing. But yeah, like, I, like the interweaving plots of Much Ado About Nothing or Midnight Summer Dream. Like yeah. I just think they're they're so clever. Like the the interweaving subplots and his comedies are really underrated. Well, we have the he's known for his drama. Yeah, no, he is. Well, and also Hamlet, it's it's pretty good. And do you have a favorite adaptation? Like that, isn't there one the Kenneth Branagh one that's like six hours or something? Oh, I like the oh, Tempest like... that they did. The I which the one? Tempest was really cool. Uh huh. They did an adaptation of the Tempest, and it was like all I can remember. There was a it was only stars, but for some reason I could. Are you talking about that movie like Titus or something that was like no, that? It was the Tempest. The oh, wait, 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 with John Cassavetes, Jenna Rollins, and Molly Ringwald. Yeah, yeah. And, um, no, I mean, I'm thinking of one. I can only remember Russell Brand was in it, but it's like oh. pretty famous. Oh. Brand, uh, The Tempest. I thought that was really good. And then like, Woody okay. Allen did Midsummer Night Sex Comedy. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was a great adaptation. I, had, I haven't heard of that. Uh, that's amazing. Oh, Kurosawa's Ran is King Lear. It's the Japanese like Edo oh, wow. period version of King Lear. Okay, that's Kurosawa's one of my Ran. Is like excellent. The Lion King. The Lion King, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, gang, my my phone is about yeah, to. Well, I know, and uh, we've had a, a long and lovely chat. Thanks to both of you. I look forward to seeing you in love whatever you. form, and virtually. I love you, and uh, talk to you soon. You're awesome. That, that was, was so fun. Nice. Talking oh, thank to you. You, you that too. That was really fun and easy. I loved I it myself. It. Thank you. Bye, so guys. Bye, bye.